What does freedom mean? Tune in to LRN.FM to find out. LRN.FM is the Liberty Radio Network, a collection of live talk radio and podcasts, all coming from a principled pro-liberty perspective. LRN.FM show hosts aren't left, right, or conspiracy kooks. You can tune in 24-7 to LRN.FM via your phone, computer, satellite, and more. Listen free anytime at LRN.FM. That's LRN.FM. KKSM Oceanside. You took the mystery burger. You are in full possession of the burger. AM 1320. You will have to sign for it. Sure, man, I'll sign. Where's the pencil? I don't wish to alarm you, my son, but the signature will have to be in blood. The Radio Revolution. Welcome to another episode of Free Thought Radio on the Free Thought Media Network. Freethought TV can be found at YouTube by clicking on the TV icon at freethoughtmedia.org. Freethought Radio airs every Monday, 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on KKSM, The Radio Revolution, which is AM 1320 in North County, San Diego, and Cox Cable Channel 957 in all of San Diego, and podcasts on iTunes at AAC. And on LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network's weekly podcast loop. The Free Thought Media team consists of student and citizen journalists, liberty activists, and occasional guest hosting by people from the alternative media world who all seek to challenge the corporate and state-controlled mainstream media status quo. The third hour of the Free Thought Media Network presents a simulcast of the Anti-Media Radio with host Nick Burnaby, also airing on UCY.TV, which also airs Wednesdays and Fridays exclusively at UCY.TV. Please go to the antimedia.org for more stories. Please visit Facebook.com slash FreeThoughtRadio, Facebook.com slash KKSMRadio, and Facebook.LRN.FM. And be sure to go to freethoughtmedia.org to donate Bitcoin. If you can hear the sound of my voice, this is Free Thought Radio. This is your guest host, Mike Pastor, sitting in for Alex Fidel, who, due to SEC regulations, is on legal exile on the island of Atlantis somewhere in the Azores. Uh. <laughs> uh, here in the studio tonight is myself. Uh, and Alex Fiddle. Also, we have the only thing that can bring this show to a screeching halt at a moment's notice, faster than you can say Bose Dookie, it's the Barry O. FEMA machine. What do you have to say for yourself, FEMA machine? That's the FEMA machine. It doesn't say a lot, but it listens really well. Tonight's interview is going to be Rosa Corey, and she's going to tell us all about this Agenda 21 nonsense. And uh, if you don't know what that is, it sounds a little conspiracy kooky and maybe down a rabbit hole, but unfortunately, it's real. Uh, Rosa Corey is going to tell us all about um, Agenda 21, and what it is, more or less, it's fake green you know, public policy and all that sort of stuff. You know, I, I, I guess to really sum it up is to get you off of the farm and into the city. Um, for example, there is a uh, town in uh, Arizona called Glendale, and the city council actually passed a law 
saying that you cannot have fruit-bearing trees on your own property. In case you missed that the first time I said it, they passed a law saying that you cannot have fruit-bearing trees on your own property. So if you currently have them on there, you're supposed to take them out, you know? Why? What does that have anything to do with anything? That doesn't make any sense. You know, and then uh, the other thing is that, you know, there's all, you know, the government's giving all these subsidies and money to all these different uh, corporations who are supposedly green, but they're really not, you know, or the money just disappears into a black hole somewhere and you never hear from it again or hear, uh, you know, what the project was, where did the money go and all that. So hopefully um, she should uh, shed all the light we need to get on this and we'll all be much more knowledgeable. And I did the interview, and she is the author of the book Behind the Green Mask. It's basically the hijacking of the term sustainable, because we all use the term sustainable and, and green and, and stuff like that. But it's basically the entire notion is that humans are bad for the earth. Uh, you know, the, the, the whole theory of that the amount of resources on the planet can only sustain a certain amount of life. But why, why do we have a limited amount of resources? Well, because of uh, lack of freedom that we have now, uh, thanks to the Federal Reserve and local zoning and, uh, and you know, building Levitt towns, we have backyards that are concrete instead of soil. We'd be able to grow the food to sustain ourselves. So it's really kind of about Monsanto food control. So if you live in the state of Washington, Washingtonians, vote tomorrow. Vote yes on I-522, the GMO labeling um, so uh, it de they definitely, this whole food control agenda ties very much into UN Agenda 21. So we will get into that again. Rosa's book is Behind the Green Mask, UN Agenda 21 Exposed. Joining me now is Rosa Corey. Uh, she is the d executive director of the Post Sustainability Institute, and she is the author of Behind the Green Mask, UN Agenda 21, which is available at Amazon and many other places. She uh, has been uh, involved in exposing UN Agenda 21. So, Rosa, uh, welcome to the program. Hi, glad to be with you. No problem. So, uh, tell us a bit of, uh, about yourself, uh, how you were a forensic commercial real estate agent, and how your experience in, in, in planning and everything like that showed you or led you down the road to discovering uh, UN Agenda 21. Well, I'm not an agent, not a real estate agent. I'm a, an appraiser. And, uh, and what I did uh, when I was working for the Department of Transportation, I was an expert witness in land value and, uh, and land use. So during the 25 years or so that I was doing that, I started to realize that there was a planning revolution going on and that no one seemed to be aware of it that people were not being able to use their property for what it was zoned for. And that made it, of course, really difficult to determine how much it was worth. And um, so in looking at that, I researched that. And uh, I'm, um, I'm a liberal, I'm a Democrat. Um, and I started to get into what looked like kind of conspiracy theory stuff, kind of right-wing conservative stuff. And I thought, this is kind of crazy. But the further I looked into it, the more I realized this is not crazy. The plan is crazy, but uh, I'm not crazy, and neither are all of the people who are exposing this. Um, Agenda 21 is the United Nations plan for the 21st century, and it was agreed to by the United States and 178 other countries. And although they say it's non-binding, um, we changed our laws to comply with it. 
and are and in fact it's not just something sort of out at 30,000 feet it's affecting every single one of us right down in our daily lives and um, and so that's what I've been doing is exposing it of course it impacts every aspect of your life including um, if you're fighting National Defense Authorization Act or the USA Patriot Act drones if you're um, objecting to smart meters, if you're um, out there talking about GMOs and objecting to that, um, all of this is part of the United Nations Agenda 21 Sustainable Development. Definitely. So, so give us a bit of uh, background on how it came about in the UN. Um, what was the initiation of it? Who, who benefits most from it? And just what are the specific points of it um, and, and why do they use the moniker sustainable? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's sustain. Everybody now thinks they know what sustainable development is and what's sustainable. But um, this term was actually coined. Of course, it's it's been around for a while, but um, it's coming out of the 1987 uh, report to the UN called Our Common Future, and uh, that was made by the uh, World Commission on Environment and Development to the United Nations, and uh, they made that uh, report, and what it is is development that meets the needs of the present without uh, compromising the ability of future generations to meet their needs. So that sounds really great, except that then they determine that yes, everything we are doing now does compromise the ability of future generations to meet their needs. And so that 1987 um, commission was asked to come back with an action plan uh, in 1992, to bring it back in 1992 to the full UN General Assembly and tell the uh, General Assembly how the world could um, implement sustainable development. And they did that with Agenda 21. That is the 1992 agreement by 179 nations, and it's a real thing, it's 300 pages, it's uh, 40 chapters, and it encompasses every aspect of our lives. It's mainly about data collection and information sharing. And so that's where, um, of course, genome mapping, surveillance, uh, NDAA, uh, all of that comes in, smart meters, all of that comes in under that. And um, what this is, is essentially being used around the world as a land use plan. So you'll see that, I know you're in San Diego. Um, it's it's uh, being implemented through the uh, SANDAG, which is uh, uh, San Diego Association of Governments. And of course, all over the United States, there are 500 of those uh, groups that are um, sort of quasi-governmental uh, that are not elected by us but are imposing regional plans on us because the goal, you asked me what the goal is, this is the ultimate corporate plan. This is a corporatocracy. It's a global totalitarian state being implemented right now legally through rules and regulations and we don't even see it as it's happening to us um, but it's happening through our universities, it's being implemented through our government, through our laws, and it's about um, changing into a global, a globalized economy and globalization throughout the world. So what that means is changing from representative government to government by unelected boards and commissions and regionalizing. 
so that uh, globalization is the standardization of all systems. So regionalization, which is, you know, when you erase the boundaries between city, county, and state, and ultimately national, um, that is the stepping stone to full globalization. And that's where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you mentioned uh, uh, genome mapping. Uh, is this uh, part of a kind of like, uh, uh, you know, the, the push towards getting biometric information uh, of people in like our driver's licenses and, and you know, uh, uh, national ID cards or RFID chips or anything like that? Absolutely. That's all part of it. Because when you think about this plan, the plan is about uh, information sharing and data collection. Because in order to have globalization, you have to standardize all your systems, which may be law enforcement or, or school systems or with like Common Core or uh, your governmental systems. All of these systems have to be standardized. That means they all have to be harmonized or the same and brought into um, you know, kind of compliance with one another. So what happens with your genome mapping, with your DNA collection, with your uh, RFID chips, with your uh, biometrics, is that you're standardizing systems across the world for identification of individuals. So that, and what this, assists in is through law enforcement fusion centers where you are able to identify individuals all across the world and then you have crime mapping as well because uh, you know people who aren't concerned about this invasion into their personal um, ownership of their of their person and their personal data are not concerned because they think to themselves well I'm not doing anything wrong I am not committing any crimes but part of this plan involves um, criminalization of many acts that we, uh, you know, that we do on a daily basis that are not crimes as far as we're concerned. So this is ratcheting up the system so that more and more of us are caught into the, um, the prison system, the public-private partnership of prisons, and uh, the restriction on our ability to move freely, to live where we wish, because uh, this is a plan to standardize uh, housing, to make uh, high-density housing in city centers so that we can be more easily managed and surveilled and collected together in uh, locations so that we can be monitored. Yeah, uh, that, that's very, very shocking. And, and just to the people that say, oh, I have nothing to hide, I mean, what kind of world do they want to live in? Uh, for those just joining, I'm speaking with Rosa Corey. She is the author of Behind the Green Mask, UN Agenda 21. So let's talk about uh, us. We, we talked about you know, how they want to push for uh, high-density housing um, and other things. Um, but I, I, they, they use the term sustainability, but I, I, I heard this uh, about Glendale, Arizona, that they were... Uh, for any new home renovations you have, this is a peculiar peculiar law. They basically force you to remove any food or fruit from any food-bearing plants uh, before home renovation. Um, and, and what? So let's talk about first the the, the zoning aspects and and just uh, more specifics on that, and, and then also how uh, uh, food control plays into. Um, plays into UN Agenda 21 and how it relates to corporate uh, 
beneficiaries like Monsanto or DuPont? Mm -hmm. Well, Monsanto and DuPont are both members of the World Business Council on Sustainable Development. Oh. And, uh, you know, no surprise there, along with a lot of other corporations, because when you think about, you know, think about what corporations want. What is the what is the ideal climate, the ideal situation for a major mega corporation? Serfdom. Yes. It's obedient workers. It's um, and of course, they're training you to be obedient in your school system. That's about consent, teaching you to live, uh, work in a cohort. Uh, to agree to consensus, you know, that's uh, that's what that's about. Okay, so they want obedient workers. They want um, open borders, so, uh, no regulation on moving goods. They want low wages. Um, so of course that ties in with open borders because then you can move your um, you can move your factories, you can move your uh, production facilities to wherever the wages are lowest. Now they're moving them out of China and into uh, Vietnam and other countries that are cheaper. Um, and also they want standardization of all laws. So, uh, of course, when you have completely open borders and you have a single government, single world government, that is the easiest, best situation for large mega corporations. And that's what fascism is. You know, people, people are expecting to see tanks rolling down the streets uh, during this takeover. This is a coup d'etat, it's a bloodless coup, and you're not gonna see tanks rolling down the streets, at least not for a while. What this is about is changing your laws so that it makes all of this legal. And um, so for instance, with uh, food restrictions, uh, with GMO, although um, you know there are uh, valiant attempts to, uh, to curtail the movement of GMO into our, uh, our our large uh, food production, um, they always start on the edges with these things. So they, they'll start out in nations that are, uh, are large consumers like India or um, you know China. You'll have, um, although there are some restrictions on it, but the basic idea is that food is not just a way to sustain us, food is a way to manipulate and control us. And uh, along with everything else, when you restrict use and you have artificial scarcity, um, when you can create famine, then you're able to implement uh, rules and regulations that would never be accepted outside of a crisis time. And that's what uh, this plan is predicated on, two crises. And one is global warming and the other is 9-11. So uh, you have the idea of, you know, not just the war on terror is a war on us. So, um, you know, we are being terrorized and we're also being terrorized by this, uh, by the concept, the story, the, um, the, the, the vision of the world at an apocalyptic moment and all of us being the cause. And so be behind these two um, crises, uh, they can create whatever image they wish. They can create whatever laws and restrictions on us they wish because, look, we're in a crisis. And what are you going to do? Destroy the planet and end up, you know, being, uh, you know, at the, vic the victim of major terrorism. So you have to go along with this. And this is why we really need to understand that we are being manipulated and that we need to stand up, show up, speak out, and resist. And uh, exposing collaborators is part 
of the way that we resist this. Because people don't recognize that, or are beginning to recognize that this, that our collapse of our economy is part of the United Nations Agenda 21. Because we are creating, we are seeing creation of dependence on government. And when government creates this heavy dependence and then withdraws support, then you have total chaos. And this is where we're headed. Exactly. And talk a bit about how uh, zoning laws and just precedent from previous uh, Supreme Court cases such as Worker v. Filburn prevent us from growing our own food on our own property. It literally creates uh, zoning for residential homes. There's an old saying, grow food, not lawns. I mean, and then we have this uh, fluoridated water that goes in all the sprinkler systems, poisoning the soil. All the Roundup from Monsanto goes in and poisons the soil. Um, we're paving over everything with concrete instead of leaving fertile soil alone to actually produce for us so we wouldn't need these guys like Monsanto. How, how does UN Agenda 21 uh, create such an environment where only a select few of uh, people are, are able to have uh, land to grow food on? Or, and, and even if then, like what kind of uh, quality of soil are they having in this polluted environment? Mm -hmm. Well, this is such a great issue. I mean, we could talk about this for a long time. I have a lot to say about this, and I would really encourage people, uh, you know, just like put in a little blurb for my book here, because I do really cover this in Behind the Green Mask, UN Agenda 21. Um, one thing, okay, so, I mean, it's almost like where to start with this, because um, when you're in smart growth, which is high-density development, it's essentially an apartment, um, you know, a block of apartments over shops in the center of town. You're, you don't have any place to grow food. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you may be in a community garden where um, you may or may not get a plot. You may or may not be able to, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's really cool to imagine having this really great sort of wonderful situation where you're with a lot of people you really like a lot and you're hanging out growing food and everybody's really happy communally but um you know the real situation you're not going to be growing you know the majority of your food there your food is coming from farming producers who are uh you know the smaller farmer the um you know we're not talking about corporate farms we're talking about people who can afford to buy that land to invest everything they have and then their water costs go up they're not um, part of Agenda 21 is moving people off of the rural and suburban areas into the high density city centers. So if you're a farmer and you can't get low cost water or your well is being monitored or your uh, the roads out to your property are being pulverized and turned to gravel because the county is not paving them any longer or um, you're having uh, restrictions put on your ability to purchase seed. Uh, or to save that seed. Um, all of the uh, issues that impact farmers are having a tremendous, will be having a tremendous impact on all of us. And those of us who want to grow food in our yards, um, you know, it's very difficult to really have a major producing garden where you can live on it in on a suburban lot. But a lot of people want to grow food. Fluoridizing, fluoridating our water is introducing poison into our water mm -hmm. and the justification supposedly is that um, you know there are a bunch of kids who are getting cavities but um, the reality is there are all kinds of ways to deal with that um, 
<clears throat> without making it so that all of our water is poisoned and that you know our, our drinking water for every human being in the area is being uh, impacted. So this is another way of manipulating all of us of, um, of you know installing industrial waste into our water system, of restricting our ability to uh, freely use our properties to uh, you know the idea that you're going to be um, growing all of your food in a neighborhood uh, that's probably contaminated with lead from the old lead gasoline um, is unlikely. But still, we need to have our choice. And if you're in a large apartment complex, you're not, uh, not only will you not have your freedom and your privacy, you also don't have um, uh, as much access to free movement as you would if you had a private vehicle. And I'm not talking about um, the idea of, you know, it's really a great idea, I think, <clears throat> to have alternative methods of movement. Um, I think that's very good. But what's happening is that with high-density development in city centers, we're losing the ability to make to have a choice because they're creating these high-density developments um, where you have uh, no parking for private vehicles or very little, and where the bus service is inadequate, does not go where you need to go. And the trains are also extreme high-cost trains that are often heavy diesel uh, are or are not going where you need them to go um, because they're on a, essentially on a straight line. So this is the justification for smart growth, that people have to be moved into high-density centers on a train line because that's the only place you're going to be able to go. But the idea that we're restricted in that, um, the idea of using electric vehicles is great, except that the um, gasoline tax is what pays for your road maintenance. So at a certain point, that's gonna, we're going to intersect at a moment where uh, our roads are not being maintained. And this is an issue that's not being dealt with. So this is how uh, essentially you are moved out of the rural and suburban areas into the city centers, and then your mobility is restricted. This is part of United Nations Agenda 21, Sustainable Development. Mm -hmm. How does the Federal Reserve and the, and the banking system uh, play into this? Because they certainly finance a lot of the suburbanization. So instead of you know having land for that is good for agricultural use they pave over it with concrete put a bunch of fake grass put harmful fertilizers and pesticides on the lawn to keep it nice and which puts those leaves those poison deposits in the soil for who knows how long um rather than uh you know they they uh they artificially pump credit into the economy just so they they can fund those types of projects which is you know fake astroturf you know suburbia instead of you know, having uh, land be authentic, the soil that's underneath it is untouched and unpoisoned uh, so that people can actually produce from themselves in, in, in whatever space they have on their own land. But right now they really can't because of the poisoned soil and the lack of space and the, how they've paved over it with concrete. How does the, uh, the uh, artificial pumping of credit uh, from the, the central banks of the world prop this up through the, the financing of such development? Mm -hmm. Well, People have to live in some way, and uh, the idea that, you know, first of all, we do have more increased production on farmland now. Um, there is an ability, if you're able to purchase farmland, to produce. Um, there are also uh, farm producers that are uh, that are able to, um, to create boutique crops and uh, 
and also we're seeing, of course, obviously we're seeing the gentrification of food there. Um, the idea is the IMF, of course, and the World Bank are central to the United Nations Agenda 21 Sustainable Development Plan. Um, the idea is that this is going to uh, equalize the world. Social equity is about um, increasing the ability of, uh, of, low, uh, of lower, uh, lower developed nations in order to uh, bring them up to a level where they can be exploited as markets. And that's the other thing that corporations want, large mega corporations. They want larger markets. So a lot of the uh, poorer markets are not able to, uh, to, to purchase the goods that major corporations produce. So what they want to do is bring down the, um, the affluent nations so that they don't have to pay higher wages and bring up the, uh, the lower developed nations so that they can acquire uh, the goods that are being produced by these major corporations. So um, I think if you look at uh, scientific studies, obviously all of us who live in cities see that um, a certain amount of agricultural land uh, is being used for, uh, for housing. But if you go across the nation, if you fly the country, which I do all the time, I'm sure I have a big car carbon footprint, um, I travel all over the U.S. and give and lecture. If you're in a city, uh, your worldview is related to that concrete city that you're in. If you travel the nation, you see the tremendous amount of land that is in on the uh, North American continent. And... Um, across Europe as well. I just came back from Europe. This is, we are agricultural nations. We are producing our food. And so uh, to say that, um, that people who are living outside of the city center are damaging the environment, I think you need to look more closely at that because although um, I can't say that, you know, that all development is positive and I don't, but I do see that people want to live on more rural lands that they are can be producers of, of crops themselves that you can live on a five acre parcel and produce probably most everything that you need uh, you can be self-sufficient um, so people who want to move out into the rural areas now are not being able to for instance in the area that i live in san francisco uh, bay area nine counties um, we're fighting we've just sued to stop this huge regional plan here which would make it uh, a requirement that 100% of anything that goes into an agricultural area is agricultural. That means if you are a farm producer and you want to um, have your kids live out there on your property with you and continue to farm that land, they will not be able to build a house for themselves out there. So this is, you know, you can, you need to look at all the aspects of rules and regulations that you're making and in order to understand how they actually tie in with United Nations Agenda 21 Sustainable Development in creating restrictions for you that, um, you know, you're going to see unintended consequences from these restrictions. Mm -hmm. uh, for those just joining, I'm speaking with Rosa Corey. She is the author of Behind the Green Mask about UN Agenda 21 Sustainable Development. Um, do you have any final thoughts uh, on the issue of UN Agenda 21? Um, anything we didn't touch up, up upon yet? Um, how it relates to, to corporatism? Um, how it isn't sustainability, even though they use that moniker? Um, 
I mean, in my personal view, something sustainable would be something like hemp, but uh, that would involve something like freedom and not uh, the restrictions that uh, UN Agenda 21 places upon us uh, and, and how it relates to other things like, uh, I mean, we touched up on biometrics, data and stuff, and just, ha- just the general control aspect of it and what a, what a Agenda 21 world would look like. Well, we're looking at it a lot right now. And the issue of hemp, of course, criminalization of issues of, you know, things that should not be crime. Uh, you know, obviously growing industrial hemp, it's, re- it's ridiculous that it's uh, considered a crime. But, um, you know, I mean, it's, it is a crime. So what, what is really important to see for people to understand is that this is not some remote thing, that United Nations Agenda 21 on sustainable development is not sustainable. It's not about continuing to live freely. It's about restrictions. It's about, um, in, it's about infiltration of our communities. It's about creation of artificial scarcity, artificial consensus, manufactured uh, consensus so that when you go to a a government meeting, um, these government meetings are manipulated by consultants. They're using a mind control technique called the Delphi technique to uh, bring groups of people to a predetermined outcome. These plans are about neutralizing opposition. They're about the illusion of public buy-in. And when you see uh, the full extent of this, that impacts every aspect of your life. If you're at university, if you're if you're uh, you know living uh, with small children and, and or children in schools, if you're uh, trying to start a business, if you're trying to purchase a property, if you're trying to live your life, if you're trying to uh, you know just move freely, all of this. If you want to eat clean food, all of this is impacted by this plan, which has been adopted by the United States. And what it looks like, it doesn't come called United Nations Agenda 21. It, it looks like many different things, redevelopment, traffic calming, code enforcement, road closures in the rural and, uh, and, and forest areas. Um, it looks like sustainable community strategies. It looks like an extension of um, the eugenics plan from World War II. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, this, is, this is about choosing winners and losers. It's about um, partnering with non-governmental organizations and corporatocracy. It's about developing and supporting fascism. And uh, what, what this is, is it, it's an intrusion into our lives and an impact that we cannot uh, resist unless we work together. We all need to become aware and fight this together. And just real quick, uh, what do you what, uh, what do you uh, make of the population uh, control aspect, as well as just where people can find uh, your book online and uh, and any other websites you have regarding uh, Agenda Twenty One? Well, I think it's very important to look at uh, biometrics, to look at uh, smart meters, to look at RFID chips, uh, um, poison in our water restrictions on our food, uh, GMO, all of these things, you know, are can, I mean, what are they spraying? Mm-hmm. Um, all of this, uh, we need to take a look at the end game. And what we're seeing is that this is not very pretty for human beings. And when we are told that we're killing the planet, that we're essentially a danger to the planet, then the next question is what 
what is what's the plan for us and i think we're looking at it very clearly and we need to start paying a lot more attention and a way you can do that is um, i invite you to go to our websites the post uh, one of them is uh, post sustainability institute.org and the other site which has our blog and lots of great information including flyers that you should be printing out and putting on people's doorsteps so they understand what's going on. Um, and that site is Democrats Against UN Agenda 21.com. Democrats Against UN Agenda 21.com. And my book, Behind the Green Mask, you can find that all over Amazon and on our sites. And uh, it's also on Kindle and Nook. Awesome. Well, Rosa Corey, author of Behind the Green Mask, UN Agenda 21, thank you for coming on the show and breaking down uh, what exactly this uh, false notion of sustainability is really all about. Great. Thank you so much for having me. And if you missed any part of the episode, it will be up tomorrow on iTunes. Just search for Free Thought and look for Free Thought AAC. And be sure to listen to the rebroadcast on LRN.FM, Liberty Radio Network. Uh, but uh, uh, our host, uh, Mike Pastor, wants to talk about a story he had on how he discovered uh, Agenda 21. Yeah, okay, so Agenda 21. I had been hearing about it for like, uh, I don't know, I'll say like about a year and a half or so. And when I, fir when I first heard about it, uh, from the sources as I was hearing about it, I had assumed it was a sort of a weird kooky tea party thing somewhere along the line of the whole Obama's not really born in the US he's not really a citizen all that sort of stuff you know so I kind of drowned it out it became white noise for me but I uh, was hanging out a group uh, with a group of friends and this group of friends together we call ourselves the Natural Rights Coalition and you can check us out at the naturalrightscoalition.org um, we do uh, it's been a while since we've done it, but we've done in the past a lot of uh, police checkpoints. So you can go actually go on the Natural Rights Coalition website and you can sign up to get text messages if you live in the uh, North County San Diego area to know where these checkpoints are so you can learn to avoid them. You know, the, they, they call them registration checkpoints or they used to call them drunk checkpoints. But anyways, so get back to the story there. Um, uh, we're... It was uh, we were talking about the Agenda 21 stuff, and and uh, Steve and Matt were all like, "Well, you know, I mean, there's this, this, and that going on." And I'm like, "Really? That sounds so like you know, off the wall, weird. It's just so oddball and strange, and I'm not really sure if that makes a lot of sense." But uh, and he brought it up because uh, Matt's dad uh, goes to these Escondido City Council meetings. He's kind of a fly on the wall over there, and. Um, you know, so Joe comes back home while we're talking about the Gender 21 stuff, and he says, oh, by the way, you know, the Escondido City Council is on Agenda 21, and we're like, really? That's strange. And then he walks over to the table we're sitting at, and he throws a book down on the table, and I look at it, and it's supposed to be a school book that they're introducing for, uh, you know, schools in the city of Escondido, elementary schools, and it says on the, and it says, clear as day, on the book, Agenda 21 for kids. And when I read that, I'm like, no way. No way. Flip through it. Yeah, it's a book. It's all about like, oh, you know, uh, environmentalism, all this sort of stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, you know, uh, 
you know, uh, uh, you know, start burning your trash, uh, start burning your trash, start lighting uh, Springfield tire fires and all that. Yeah, that's Gen not Agenda Twenty One is really a hijacking of the environmental yeah. movement. It's in, it's a corporate, uh, you know, global takeover, res food restrictions, and everything like that in disguise as green, friendly, sustainable. It's a big trap employee. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it, I mean, and that's. You know, there are a couple of pages in the book, and yeah, they're, and they're talking about exactly kind of, part of it. A lot of was uh, exactly what Rosa Corey was saying that you know, like, oh well, you know, we're gonna, you know, you really shouldn't drive a car at all. So we're gonna, so you know, uh, talk to your parents about going to the city council and you know, put in some bike paths. Not that there's anything wrong with bike paths, but you can see the angle that they're going at is like, oh, you know, let's let's make the cities more habitable. And, you know, uh, and, uh, yeah, so it, it's all, it's really what it's about. It's about getting you off the farm and into the city. And so that Monsanto and all those other, you know, nutty, evil, kooky corporations are going to come in, buy up all the farmland and grow their GMO corn. And the only place you're going to be able to buy food is in the supermarket. And so... You can't grow your own. Yeah, I mean, like, like uh, you know, it was mentioned in the interview, and I think I said it earlier about, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's a city that's saying you can't grow, have fruit-bearing trees on your own property. That's nuts! That's nuts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it, it's it's a, it's you know it's about control. You know. And I, I never got the idea about concrete backyards. Why not just leave the soil alone? Just regular, you know, houses. It it, it boggles my mind, but uh, that's part of it. That's why they they have such stringent and complex zoning and uh, code enforcement. Oh, your house has to be this height or that height. Uh, you uh. uh uh, it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, it's pretty. It's it's not good. And again, her book is UN Agenda Twenty One uh, Behind the Green Mask. And I want to give a shout out to a couple friends that got me introduced to her. Uh, first, uh, Dan Johnson uh, from People Against the National Defense Authorization Act, because he's an Eagle Scout, and he found out that the Boy Scouts are actually. Uh, you know, are doing the sustainability program, which is straight out of the UN Agenda 21 playbook. So uh, if you got kids in the scouts, you might want to uh, have them uh, uh, filter out what it is that they're getting. And then, and of course, um, I was listening to uh, Christina's Free and Equal podcast. Uh, she interviewed Rosa. That was the first time I ever heard about Agenda 21 because it was like, like you. I thought it was just another, uh, you know, right wing uh, fringe, uh, conspiracy theory, um, uh, about how, you know, they're trying to exterminate all the Christians and everything like that. <laughs> um, but then it turned out to be, you know, this is actually, uh, cause I see it in, I see it in Earth Day, all these population control groups. So, oh, there's too many humans on the planet. Uh, not enough resources. Well, you ever wonder, uh, we could have more resources if your backyard wasn't made out of cement. And why is your backyard made out of cement? And uh, the Federal Reserve funded that suburbia through the artificial credit uh, expansion. But this is all. This is uh, ties into a term uh, called full spectrum dominance, and that is the name of this next song. And then after that is genetic reconstruction by the band Death. So full spectrum dominance by Sons of Liberty, and then after that genetic reconstruction by Death here on KKSM AM thirteen twenty, the Radio Revolution, and LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network. Black is white and up is down in the land of the free. War is peace and day is night in the home of double speed. 
From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, from the barn you keep your family members who turned into zombies, to the lost world of Atlantis. You're listening to KKSM AM 1320. In the beginning, there was dinosaurs and radio stations. Both became extinct in 1976. Then, scientists extracted an MP3 file from a piece of amber, and the universe was introduced to a new species, the Eric and Charlie Show. Dude, this sounds just like the plot to Jurassic Park. I wouldn't know. I've never seen it. What? Listen to the Eric and Charlie Show with me, Charlie. And me, Eric, the only man on Earth who has never seen Jurassic Park. That's every Thursday from 3 to 6 p.m. Right here on KKSM AM 1320, the radio revolution. The Free Thought Media Network is supported by Amaji Metals through their affiliate program. The Amaji Metals banner at freethoughtmedia.org contains a link that gives a portion of sales to us. Amaji is a retailer of alternative currencies to hedge against and divest out of the collapsing U.S. dollar, printed out of thin air by the private Federal Reserve bankers who use inflation to pay for their wars. Amaji has gold, silver, copper, and even $50 trillion Zimbabwe notes. Amaji accepts traditional forms of payment as well as Bitcoin. Our specialized Amaji link can be found on the Amaji Metals banner at freethoughtmedia.org. The Electronic Frontier Foundation, or EFF, fights to protect your rights in the digital world. When a patent troll threatened podcasters, they fought back. EFF has also defended your right to encryption and has sued the NSA to end the government's mass suspicionless surveillance. There are different ways you can help EFF, from donations to signing petitions to writing your representatives to just spreading the word. Find out more at EFF.org. That's EFF.org. We're involved in sort of a low-key war against apathy, where they might just for a second question enough of their environment to do something about it. As long as they don't feel their environment and they don't worry about it, they're not going to do anything to change it. And something's got to be done before America scarfs up the world and s*** on it. Free Thought Radio, your source for independent music, independent talk from independent minds. Only on KKSM AM 1320 the radio revolution and podcasting on lrn.fm the liberty radio network freethoughtmedia.org welcome back and uh we're gonna go ahead before the top of the hour play a few more songs this first one is you know just to take a break uh, this first one is called social overload which ties in you know we got to take a break on our brains from all the stuff going on in the world so we can come back at the top of the hour with a bit more music and the headlines and some cool other stories. Um, so the first song here is Social Overload by the band Toxic, spelled with a K. And then after that, it's Partying Around the World by Death Clock. It's from the uh, most recent Death Clock, Rake William O'Clock Opera musical special to get uh, uh, everything going. So this is Social Overload by Toxic. And after that, Partying Around the World by Death Clock here on LRN.FM and KKSM, The Radio Revolution.
You're listening to KKSM AM 1320oceanside.halamarcollegeradio.com. Exactly what I needed, some mindless rock and roll for a little bit. It gets a, you know, a little heavy around here sometimes. Where you know, like we're, we'll be reading the news. We'll be we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's just every now and then you need to. Yeah, I don't know. I completely understand. You need a party around the world. Let's go. The two songs were "Social Overload," which ties into that. You know, just the overload. Uh, I guess what that song was about. Uh, but that that one was the death clock uh, thing. Didn't have animator John Schnepp on, but I interviewed him recently, so he's going to be on, um, our guest on the show in a couple of weeks, the animator of Metalocalypse. Pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, it, 
Yeah, I mean, we you gotta you gotta lighten up a little bit every now and then, because otherwise, you know, you're gonna you're gonna end up in a dark room with a bottle of whiskey, listening to Alex Jones really loud. And you know, Alex Jones, you, you know, he in the past he was a really good investigative journalist. Look it up. There was some things he found out. Turns out Bohemian Grove was real. Yeah, everybody's saying that was fake. He got video of that. So he's actually done some good stuff in the past. But it's a lot of negativity nowadays. You know, we gotta save the republic. We gotta do it now. <laughs> yeah, you it's know. Like, um, how do you be credible after that? I don't know, man. I, it, I still want to come up with a drinking game for that show. I really do. Like every time he says "Save the Republic," like you gotta, you know, take down the whole cup, or every time he says uh, "Global Elite," you gotta take a shot or something. I think it's gotta be great. I got. I'm working on that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so our our guest for this week was Rosa Corey, author of "Behind the Green Mask," agenda UN Agenda 21. Next week, it's going to be Malalai Joya. She is an Afghani peace activist, was in the Afghani federal government, actually. She is one of Time Magazine's top 200 influential women that I contend actually deserves to be there, unlike some other people. Um, so it's not, it's not often that you have somebody that is of that stature on the show. Uh, so I am uh, very, very excited for that. The interview already happened. She's back now in Afghanistan. But um, she's going to be on next week. Week after that is the Metalocalypse guy, and the week after that, Cindy Sheehan, candidate for governor of California, and uh, I am talking to a really cool guest host for that, um, but I'll wait to reveal it. I'll wait until next week. Super um, secret. Super secret. Um, but for now, before we get to the headlines, I want to play uh, two more songs. Um, this first one's called Transdermal Celebration by Ween. Which I'm hoping doesn't have to do with you know doing acid through your skin. <laughs> Sounds like it. Is that uh, what all the kids are doing like right now? I don't know. But, <laughs> but even worse, the song uh, after that is "Absolutely Free" by Frank Zappa, and uh, uh, it's kind of a mockery of you know hippies leaving their bodies in the acid trips or what. So it's a it's an interesting uh, song block. But <laughs> trans on. transdermal celebration by Ween, and then "Absolutely Free" by Frank Zappa. We'll be back right after that. With the headlines here on KKSM, the Radio Revolution, and LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network, freethoughtmedia.org.
gotta do publicity balling for you anymore. The first word in this song is discorporate. It means to leave your body. Discorporate and come with me. Shifting, drifting, cloudless, starless, velvet ladders and the sapphire sea. You're part of the radio revolution. Can't you hear the wind calling? Little Miss, Little Miss, can't be wrong. We're free. We are the future. KKSM. Hi, I'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me, government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. 
Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. Bahama Mama is the pet of the week at your Rancho Coastal Humane Society. She's a two and a half year old, 16 pound beagle slash dachshund mix. One of the first things that people notice about Bahama Mama is her smile. It reminds us of a quote from Mother Teresa. Let us meet each other with smile, for the smile is the beginning of love. That's what Bahama Mama is waiting for. She sits in her kennel, watching people pass by. She just needs one family to see her smile and realize that she needs to be their dog. Bahama Mama was transferred to Rancho Coastal Humane Society from another shelter through the Focus Program. The $145 adoption fee for Bahama Mama includes medical exams, up-to-date vaccinations, spay, and microchip identification. Adopt Bahama Mama or sponsor a pet until its new family takes it home. Call 760-753-6413. Log on to sdpets.org or visit Rancho Coastal Humane Society at 389 Requesa Street in Encinitas. Kennels and Cattery are open Wednesday through Monday from 11 to 5. The Pet of the Week is sponsored by the Rancho Coastal Humane Society and KKSM. Free Thought Media Network is supported by Amaji Metals through their affiliate program. The Amaji Metals banner at freethoughtmedia.org contains a link that gives a portion of sales to us. Amaji is a retailer of alternative currencies to hedge against and divest out of the collapsing U.S. dollar, printed out of thin air by the private Federal Reserve bankers who use inflation to pay for their wars. Amaji has gold silver, copper, and even $50 trillion Zimbabwe notes. Amaji accepts traditional forms of payment as well as Bitcoin. Our specialized Amaji link can be found on the Amaji Metals banner at freethoughtmedia.org. Fact. The new NSA data center in Utah requires 1.7 million gallons of water every single day to operate. Billions of Fourth Amendment violations need massive computers and the water to cool them. That water is being supplied by the state of Utah. Fact. There's absolutely nothing in the Constitution which requires your state to help the feds violate your rights. Our message to Utah? Turn it off. No water equals no NSA data center. Visit offnow.org. On your radio at AM 1320, on your TV at Cox Cable 957, and online at PalomarCollegeRadio.com. KKSM, the radio revolution. Welcome back to Free Thought Radio on the Free Thought Media Network. You can find Free Thought TV at freethoughtmedia.org and click on the TV icon. And uh, my name is Alex Fiddle. I'm the journalist, producer, and such and such at the Freethought Media Network. And I am here along with the host of Freethought Radio, part of the Freethought Media Network, Mike Pastor. And we're 
on to the headlines. The news on radio, the most popular medium of the day. Yes. If only we could do Morse code. Yeah. <laughs> you want to start off first? or? Uh... Sure, sure, sure. All right. In national news, West Coast strange animal deaths as Fukushima radiation hits America. And uh, just today there was another 4.9 tremor near Fukushima after one that happened last week as well. So we're completely screwed. Japan cannot get a break. I mean, this is... I mean, if I were a religious person, you know, I might be thinking that somebody does not like Japan right now. But, I mean, it's... I'm not. And so this is just a really, really horrible coincidence. Yeah, Japan can't get a break. This yeah. is some biblical sort of stuff. Yeah. So on, on the west coast of the U.S., a multitude of strange animal deaths, high radiation readings, and other recent anomalies suggest that the Fukushima disaster is far from over. It is simply ludicrous, in other words, for anyone to suggest at this point that these Fukushima woes are dwindling as fresh evidence suggests that quite the opposite is true. And I do believe it's this is from natural cures, not medicine. Um, but yeah, um, and these guys, these uh, CEO guys, they're not shutting down the plant. I think they should. And you know what? They should probably also go to jail and have all their assets seized and put it, have uh, it be put towards... Uh, uh, repairs and, and everything like that, even though it's going to be much more than that. Um, it should come out of the company's profits then. Uh, you know, personal responsibility, no liability cap laws, uh, no taxpayer picking up the tabs to stop poisoning the earth. I mean, what's what's a few hundred million dollars that they're liable for? And then there's the cap that caps it at a couple hundred million dollars as opposed to the half-life of a radioactive isotope. I don't know. It doesn't seem equitable, so I'm hoping these guys face some sort of personal responsibility and, uh, you know, jail time. Yeah, what can you say? It's a big wreck over there in uh, Japan. Uh, the guys, the what was it, the Fukushima 50, I believe there's kind of, was the people who were working in the plant to try to, you know, save it from melting down and, you know, uh, on, you know, all the different news stations, it's like, hey, these guys are fine. They are not sick. They're, there's nothing wrong with them. Uh, Turns out those guys are, are getting all sorts of crazy cancer two years later now. So that was, yeah. you know, obviously a lot of propaganda. A lot, um, a lot of my friends have been wanting to take me out fishing in the ocean. Not anymore. And I'm certainly not going to eat anything I catch either. So not going to eat fish anymore. So thanks a lot for ruining the earth, TEPCO. Yeah, it was... Uh, they, they, they weren't ready for the situation at all. And then the whole cover-up for it, you know, uh, I mean... The cover-up started so quick, and they were just lying about it. If they had just at least been honest about it, first off, and said, wow, this is a wreck. We need help. Perhaps it wouldn't all be as worse as the situation as it is now, but because they just denied the fact that there was even really that big of a deal, it, that's why you know they're at where they are now. Um, I guess uh, next up here, um, from antiwar.com, uh Dick Cheney's delusional answer to what did we get out of Iraq? All right. This was on the O'Reilly Factor, apparently. Uh, Shut up. I'm taking over. Yeah. <laughs> rawr. Shut up. Rawr. Chicken heads. Rawr, rawr. Um, you liberal. <laughs> on, on, on the O'Reilly Factor, uh, I, I guess Dick Cheney said, uh, 
the U.S. benefit from the war in Iraq was, wait for it, that we eliminated the potential for Al-Qaeda to get their hands on weapons of mass destruction from Saddam Hussein, according to Dick Cheney. Yeah, that's believable. And, you know... Um, they didn't have those weapons in yeah, the first place. They knew they knew it from the get-go. It was just released that they knew there was no weapons of mass destruction, no 9-11 connection to Iraq. Uh, CIA and MI6 knew that. And so it really, really, really makes me sick uh, that people have an argument against peace. Like, you hippie, how could you not want to kill people? And then, like, this is how people, like, reacted to uh, Cindy Sheehan protesting uh, her son's death in Iraq at George Bush's house. Like, you hippie, how dare you protest? Your son, he died for freedom. It's like, like how, uh, that's, that mentality is so dangerous. And it's just, it's absolutely sad that a, a poor woman lost her son and people chastised her for speaking out about it. You got to respect the flag or get out. I, you know, I, it, it is sick. I really don't understand that mentality that, you know, I mean, her son died and they're sitting there saying, telling her that she's doing the wrong thing. Like, uh, you know, I mean, isn't, yeah. Anyway, and she's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. She's running for governor of California. Uh, should be interesting. Um, but in state news, um, another victim of the war on medical cannabis, Javon Jackson, was found guilty this time on a separate set of charges. He had been found not guilty a couple of other times on other separate other set of charges, so they can't nab him on certain things. Bonnie DeMontis goes and refiles uh, for another set of things. So it's not... I mean, in any other uh, realm of, of sanity, this would be like triple jeopardy. But this is not the first time Bonnie DeMontis has prosecuted a cannabis caregiver that obeyed state medical cannabis laws. And she's actually being opposed in this upcoming election for the first time. Right on. That covers state news. <laughs> Bonnie Dumanis, huh? Never, I never hear anything good about that woman at all, ever. I mean, it's it's almost as bad. It's almost as bad as Dianne Feinstein. Like, I'm you, coming to get you, my pretty. The uh, what was I was thinking of something funny the other day. The uh, Janet Feinstein, um, or the uh, yeah, it was someone came up with my head. Janet, Janet Feinstein. Uh, Obamasaurus, like a weird, like, I don't know, it was something I was thinking we were funny we could do with uh, it, I don't know. Anyways. Well, I did see a three-headed dragon in, like, a Godzilla series, so maybe I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> do something with that. Uh, we, 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 we'll work on it. Anyways, uh, inside my head, uh, but back to the news, uh, how about some good news? Check this out. eBay's considering accepting Bitcoin's payment. That is awesome. Good news, good news. Oh, yeah, and that'd be something. Um, <laughs> um, in, in other national news, a Jewish student receives death threats over Palestinian solidarity work. A Jewish member of Students for Justice in Palestine at Northeastern University in Boston has received death threats ostensibly because of his involvement in Palestine solidarity activism and his outspoken criticism of Zionism. The threats come as Zionist groups warn of legal complaints against the university, alleging the campus anti-Semitism, despite an ever-growing record of failure to support these kinds of accusations. 
So if the uh, ad hominem anti-Semitism charge doesn't work, no, just death threats. You know, that's total logical. Uh, That's a great way to win an argument, you know. Huh. Uh, Or to cover up a genocide. Yeah. (laughs) That works, too, I I suppose. Um, Well, here's a a weird one. Uh, I'd like to say I'm surprised about this, but I'm not because you're... You know, you always hear about something really crazy coming out of DARPA. They actually made a railgun a couple years back for the Navy, and supposedly they discontinued funding for it. But, you know, I don't know if that's believable, with discontinuing funding for a government program, right? Anyways, um, so DARPA is developing a drone-mounted laser to shoot down missiles. So I, I, I guess the government's going to have, uh, you know, laser guns. I mean, I don't know if it's more of like a phaser or if it's more of a pew-pew, but, you know, they're, they're working on, uh, on uh, drone-mounted lasers. Creepiest thing I've heard of in a while. Uh, the, Zap you out of existence. I mean, I, you know, I mean, is, this, is it going to be like an old cheesy, like, War of the Worlds sort of la- laser? You know what I'm talking about? Do you ever see the old one, War of the Worlds? Uh, anyway, I don't know. Second, like, if you're an activist... Yeah, I know. No more. <laughs> Molecular decomposition. Uh, yeah, technology for pod-mounted lasers, I guess, is, is what they're calling it. Uh, t- and this is the part I don't understand. Uh, Alex, maybe you can key me in on this if you, you know. Uh, uh, pod-mounted lasers to protect a variety of airborne platforms? From emergency landing, are they are they going to start using like dirigibles again? What are they talking about? Air airborne platforms. I mean, is it just to stop? The, is that just? I'm guessing that's just to be on the. I have predator no idea what that means. Yeah, I I'm thinking that's I think that's protecting the 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 drone itself. That's the laser. That's the airborne platform, I guess. Um, yeah, and I guess the they're also going to use that laser for. Uh, uh, surface-to-air missiles to shoot those down. I guess if, if you know, God forbid, somebody in uh, you know Afghanistan is trying to protect their farm from a drone, and they you know get a uh, you know a, a rocket-propelled grenade, which have really bad accuracy. Anyways, you know, oh, we got to take that out and drone zap. Yeah. But speaking of weapons, weaponized foods. Uh, big business is against GMO labeling again. Opponents of Washington's I-522, which is coming up for a vote tomorrow, November 5th, includes giants such as, and get ready to write this down, these are a list of people to boycott, Monsanto, Bayer, DuPont, but also includes companies that masquerade as pro-health and even have non-GMO labeling on some of their products, such as Kashi, Naked Juice, Honest Tea, Adwala, and Gerber Baby Food. If you if you're a Washingtonian, yes on I five twenty two. I guess the, the whole thing about uh, I guess why I'm trying to think of why are these ones that are you know that are supposedly so healthy on here. Uh, from what I heard, apparently odd wallet, not everything in there is really that organic, and they just kind of get around it. So I'm probably that's why they're against yeah. it most likely. Uh, naked juice. I used to drink naked juice. I I I'd had a bottle of the mango slurp that they have. Oh, I can't believe I thought it was healthy at the time, but. One one of the time the non-GMO uh, little uh, caption on there it's uh, disappeared. Just one day. Oh, it was on the label one day. It yeah. wasn't there the next. Yeah. Oh, that's strange. Um, okay, so we talked about Dick Cheney, 
Who's got a baboon heart, by the way? That's a nasty internet rumor, but it may be true. I believe it, a baboon heart. Okay. Baboon. Baboon. Uh, every time I think baboon, I think of the baboon from Ren and Stimpy, by the way. I don't know if you remember. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Somebody else got that. Um, uh, uh, let's skip to international for a second here. Um, Israeli approves more illegal settlements. Settlements. In uh, East Jerusalem, so they're you know really seem to you know like to uh, poke the bear for lack of a better word. You know they like yeah. not poke the bear. That's not right. You know antagonize. It's like okay, so you're not getting on along well with your neighbors. Hmm. Let's uh, throw a rock over the fence. Just just see. Let's just throw a rock over the fence. See what happens. It's kind of like that's the analogy I'm using right now. It is, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. And then basically, this is where uh, you know the Palestinian so-called politicians don't represent the people. Nobody really likes the uh, Mahmoud Abbas or whatever um, because he's essentially uh, letting Netanyahu walk all over him by by uh, saying, "You release a couple Palestinian prisoners, we'll give you a bunch of this land." So, um, you know, you tr trade prisoners, send them back to another prison, an open-air prison, or living life as a prisoner, uh, and then you get more land, which is, you know, the exact, it's, it's a no-win situation. So you get out of prison, maybe you go back to your home, but then somebody comes, throws a rock at you, steals your home, bulldozes your home, and then all of a sudden you're, uh, you're homeless, um, which, uh, what's better, the prisoner, it's like, it's, uh, it's insane. You know, when when I, um, I, I'll say that to people about Gaza, about how it's, an, uh, you know, a big open-air prison, and everybody thinks I'm exaggerating. If you ever look it up on YouTube, there's a couple different videos showing the actual gate itself. But the gate that, you know, the little the giant checkpoint that they have going between uh, uh, is the Israeli territory and Gaza, it looks exactly like the entrance to a prison. I mean, there's this concrete, you know, tunnel, and there's this big steel gate, and it's all very controlled, and electronic locks and all. I mean, uh, Gaza's an open-air prison. I'm not, there, I'm never going to stop saying that, because that's exactly what it is. Um, but, moving along, I suppose... Uh, oh, I'll take the next one. Uh, in national news, uh, White House considers halt to surveillance of allied leaders. Oh, really? Um, the White House is currently evaluating whether to end surveillance programs allegedly targeting the leaderships of allied nations such as Germany. And I wanted to make a meme of this. Uh, it has, like, Press Secretary Jay Carney saying, we're considering um, halting surveillance of allied leaders. And then, though I said, oh, really? The oh, really owl saying, oh, really? And then the frame, another frame below it of Jay Carney saying, with you know headphones on, saying, "All right, we're we're tapping the O'Reilly owl from now on." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> that, that that may have to come to fruition. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, in national news, uh, uh, another Edward Snowden leak here reveals that the NSA. Um, and I'm not surprised about this. The NSA secretly accessed uh, Yahoo and uh, Google data centers to collect information. Uh, you know, uh, 
surprise, surprise. I mean, it's this yeah. is what they do is, you know, uh, spy on people, and it's and it's horrible because there's no reason to do it. It's very, very 1984-ish and creepy, and there's really no other way to describe it. You know, well, why do they got to do all that? Well, there's there's no terrorist threat here. I mean, it's been exaggerated. Uh, I mean, said before, say it again. All these. You know, FBI terrorist threats that they've arrested people and said, oh, they're terrorists and all this sort of stuff. They made the problem themselves by finding some, almost always it's the exact same story. Some poor kid in a mosque somewhere who was angry, you know, just probably because he's a teenager and he's young. or he, Sometimes even met, just meant general mental instability, like they don't know what they're doing anyways. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just, you know... You know, they, so they, you know, find, a, you know, some, some poor kid in a mosque, and then they start saying, like, you know, hey, like, isn't what the, uh, the, the U.S. government doing really messed up? Especially to, like, you know, your cousins back home and all that? Yeah, that is really messed up. Hey, don't you want to do something about it? I kind of do. Hey, do you want to do something really violent about it? No, not really. Are you sure? Come on. I know you really want to do something really violent about it. And it goes back and forth. And to the point where, yeah, eventually they're just been told so many times, like, hey, you, we should really do something violent. And then they set him up with a fake bomb, give him the trigger, and kid pushes trigger. And, of course, nothing happens. It's a, it's a, it's a, it, the whole thing is fake. But, you know, kid pushes fake trigger. Now he's in jail for the rest of his life. To show know? and tell to say, we stopped another terrorist. Exactly. Uh, FBI, stop terrorism that they created. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. uh, Snowden uh, did a couple op-eds in uh, the Der Spiegel newspaper. And he, um, and he is also going to be working for a major Russian news or not, not a news site, but a major Russian website. And I was like, tell Mike about this. I'm like, I hope it's not, I'm hoping it's not like the Russian MySpace or something like that. Like, so <laughs> not only is he not a free man anymore, he gets, he gets demoted to the Russian MySpace. Like, um, just the tech guy after <laughs> he's, I, I wonder if he's going to, I hope he doesn't gain a lot of weight, like just from eating chips and, and sodas working on as a, like the IT guy for the Russian MySpace. <laughs> I just had like a really funny funny image in my head of of, of fat a, acne Edward Snowden. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, just, playing World of Warcraft encrypted so nobody finds his location. Yeah, you know, Cheeto stained fingers, single tear coming out of his left eye because he's this is his life now. Yeah. Um uh, not his fault. Yeah, um um but big national news so if you're listening this is a big this is a big one that we're going to talk about, the LAX shooting. So um, this is what's interesting to me. There was a uh, – uh, 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 here's a newscast of, of, uh, of a witness uh, talking about uh, the way the uh, shooting suspect was dressed. So let's just hear what he has to say. Correct. It was a pump-up shotgun and a handgun. Yeah. And then when you saw the uh, suspect coming towards you, describe to us and to our viewers what happened then in terms of, in terms of the suspect. Where did he go? Uh, he was, as, well, that's the part we didn't get to see. He, as, he was, as he was shooting, that's when I managed to grab my wife and she had like four other, other couple with them. She had four other persons with them. And the only thing I get to see as I'm taking them outside, I get to see the gunman walking more close to the escalator and he just keeps wants to shooting down. Next thing you know, he's already coming towards the second second terminal towards us, and that's when we just kept running and running. 
but he's walking towards us and shitting down the escalator. And did you notice if he was dressed in blue, was he was yeah. he carrying a sack along with his weaponry? I didn't see a sack on him, but I just noticed when he he emptied a clip, he just dropped the gun, grabbed another gun on him. So he was pretty armed. I mean, he, he knew what he was doing today. There were other eyewitnesses who heard the suspect screaming. Describe what you may have heard. I, he might be yelling or something, but yeah, I didn't get to hear what he was yelling. But there was a lot of yelling. I don't know if it came from him or not, but there's a lot of yelling coming from Terminal 3. When you saw the suspect firing down the escalator, shortly after you saw law enforcement running to the scene? No, it took law enforcement to get to the scene. I mean, it took them a while, and they should be prepared for this. Uh, you never know when it could have happened. It took them a, a while to get here. Because, I mean, he, he dumped maybe about 20 rounds tops, and there's still no law enforcement, and we're running. I mean, there's TS, TSA agent going down, and there's still no cops, no anybody. You said he was dressed in blue. Can you describe some of the facial features? Was he wearing a hat? Did he have glasses or a mask? He had a hat on. He had a hat on. He had some sunglasses. Um, he was just all dressed in blue. He didn't have no mask, no nothing. I couldn't tell what kind of, you know, was he Mexican, white, or couldn't tell. I was just worried about getting out, getting her out. Did you see any civilians who may have been struck? I couldn't see that point of view. I couldn't see it because pretty much everybody in the escalator got hit. Because you're in an airport, escalators are pretty busy. And you don't you don't go nowhere if you're in an escalator. You got your wall from the escalator. If you're going up, you're going up, you're going down. Once you hear shots fired in the escalator, everybody's in a panic mode. You're going to get hit. Jose, thank you so much for speaking to us. Uh, Glenn and Carolyn, we'll send it back to you in the studio, all blue with a... Yeah, so the, the eyewitness there was saying that he looked like a TSA agent in the blue uniform. But then they said that he looked... Uh, like he was that he was wearing camo. Um, now I hate to jump the gun here and say false flag, but uh, it's just uh, uh, you know there's it just seems weird. Um, and and why would uh, why would uh, somebody why do all these killers tend to carry around like their manifestos on them? It just seems it just seems uh, you know a little peculiar. A Anti-government. Uh, they're claiming he had anti-government and anti-New World Order literature, conspiracy theory literature during the attack. Um, whether or not it's fishy or not, um, either way, if he was that, you know, that doesn't represent everybody that thinks like that. Uh, you're not automatically prone to violence because you oppose a, a certain uh, a, a certain policy or something like that. And when you come to think about it, government's the biggest murderer in the world. Uh, I'm an anti-war peace activist. You know, I'm opposing killing. Why would that make me a violent person? It seems so oxymoronic. But the, the government is predicating on we, the sheeple, to believe that people like me are so dangerous. Oh, you anti-war activists. All you do is want to stop killing people. Ah, run away. <laughs> run away quick. It's, 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 and it's just really, it's, that's, that's what they, even if, even if this is all completely legit and he was what they say are, they're opportunizing on it to take whatever beliefs he may have had and then pin it and, and generalize it on everybody. Uh, generalize, or what's the thing? It's like Professor uh, Hill taught me uh, generalize, teach general lies to general eyes. I don't know. Something like that. Something yeah, about yeah, yeah, it's, it's catchy, to play right? on words, but. 
Yeah, you shouldn't pin it on everybody. Uh, you know, not all Muslims are terrorists, so on and so forth. But that's part of the so the government's already considering has been has has been for years already considering activists as potential terrorists, Occupy people, libertarians, environmentalists, gun rights activists, anti-war activists, animal rights activists, uh, so on and so forth. So they're just using these things as more of an excuse. But it's like the chicken before the egg. They were already considering people violent before any violence has ever occurred in the name of such things. And even if it did occur in the name, it doesn't represent anybody. A crazed madman is a crazed madman. End of story. I mean, you got to stop watching the mainstream media. Otherwise, you'll get inundated to believe that uh, people are certain people with certain political views are madmen. So if you ever meet somebody, you're scared of them. You can call DHS on them be, with an anonymous tip. Be a good government informant like you're in uh, the Soviet Union and half of the country spied on the other half. That's what they're leading us towards. And so we can start spying on everybody and, and uh, you know, the uh, anybody who is anti-establishment is now, uh, you know, on a watch list. It's a way to get it's a really good way to get rid of political activists. Um, yeah, it, you know, that's yeah, it's to pigeonhole people. Well, if you believe this. Then you must, nah, you know, it was like, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, give another example of this. A couple, it was last year, it might have been two years ago at the most, there was uh, some dude who got a Cessna and he, uh, and he wrote a, you know, obviously he wrote a manifesto, right? Uh, it was about how he... The, he flew it into the IRS Yeah, he building? flew it in the IRS building. So dude flew a plane in the IRS building. And he wrote this whole thing about like how somehow the IRS was responsible for his divorce. And don't get me wrong, like there's nothing good about the IRS. It's evil, okay? I mean, just the very idea that they can take your money simply because you made it, that's, it's, it's, that's evil. You know, I mean, every tax in the entire history of humanity was always you at least had to do something. Now it's like, oh, well, you made that money. We're taking some of it. Anyways, um... So, you know, the guy got a divorce from his wife. Somehow he decided it was the IRS's fault. And so he flew his plane into an IRS building and, and killed people. There was, there was a guy in office who died. Now, he may have been an IRS agent, he, which, you know, says a lot about his morality and all that. But he probably, you know, he shouldn't have been killed. You know, the guy decided to kill somebody. He's flying a plane into a building. You're deciding to kill someone. That makes him crazy. So if I, the next day, start saying something about how the IRS is evil and all this sort of stuff, somebody, you know, maybe, you know, somebody working for the government can say, oh, well, maybe he's crazy too, and he's going to go do something to the IRS. Of course I'm not going to do that. But they make it seem like you're going to do it by, you know, pigeonholing people. And then scaremongering and so on and so forth. And coincidentally, you know, it's kind of like at the same time when Israel is uh, striking um, Syria again. Because um, Israel and Saudi Arabia has been colluding together because they're like, oh, well, the United States is not acting fast enough to support our imperialist goals. So we'll just go ahead and, and do it. Um, um, it, it and that gets swept under the rug, as if the news ever reports on what Israel does anyways. Um, um, either way, and then there's this New Jersey uh, gunman. Gunman opens fire in a New Jersey mall. I mean, why are these people all so heavily armed? Where do they get the training uh, to be uh, so good at... at, uh, at they, 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 the, the way the eyewitness we just played described, he's, he's like reloading after he ran out of the clip. He seems like a well-trained uh, guy. And, you know, they're, they're, you know all the... 
I hate to go into you know conspiracy theory because that's I don't listen to Alex Jones, but you know uh, when when you go when you go down certain things, you get to see that uh, yeah there are there are such things as, as false flags and everything like that, and there are military contractors, and uh, the thing about you know drills happening and then the exact same stuff happens uh, that's that actually turns out to be real. Um, it, it there. It, they're, the Alex Joneses jump on everything and say everything's a false flag, but when, you just got to look at everything on an individual basis um, and and, uh, and go for what there is facts. Like for example, the people wearing the the uh, the Kraft International uniforms uh, around the Boston bombing. You ha- you saw many people pictures wearing backpacks before the news actually came out and says it's these these guys. That's why I paid attention so hard. Uh, you know, I saw multiple. Uh, I never even saw those guys. I saw the other people, and then. Uh, all of a sudden, these guys did it, and uh, it, it, it was, it, you know, the, the discrepancy of he was wearing blue, but he was wearing camo. It's really weird. Um, jumping ahead to international news, uh, uh, Pussy Riot band members sent to a new prison. prison. Um, Russian prison service says Nadezha Tokolnikova has been moved after her husband expressed fears she had disappeared. Interesting. In other international news, uh, from RT, um, saying that Israeli army drills in populated Palestinian areas are quote legal, says the IDF. Uh, yeah. With a with a picture that shows uh, somebody uh, uh, somebody obviously in the Israeli military dressed in fatigues, holding a rifle, you know, uh, crouched down on the ground, uh, next to a small little girl who's yeah. just you know walking somewhere with her mother. This is, I mean. You know, I mean, they're militarizing somebody's country. Uh, it's just, wow. Yeah. T- uh, Turkish patrol, this is from RT again. Turkish patrol seizes over a ton of chemicals from smugglers at the Syrian border. Um, you know, two a two-kilogram cylinder was what initially suggested to be sarin gas was seized while searching the homes of Syrian militants from the Al-Qaeda-linked Al-Nusr front following their detention. That was earlier. And now uh, they seized 1,000 uh, kilograms. Um, one of the smugglers was arrested. So, yeah, the Saudi government has been smuggling chemical weapons to the Syrian rebels and then trying to frame the government because um, that's what the Saudi government does. Um, so let's see what, what else is in the what else is in the headlines. I uh, I want to we got to touch on this. I've been I've been saying this for years and I've been trying to tell everybody this because I say like oh I'm a libertarian and every now and then you'll get like oh you mean you're one of those Tea Party types. Well, dun 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 dun. Survey says most U.S. libertarians do not identify with the Tea Party. Victorious. I told you so. I told you so. We're not all, you know, Tea Party types. Most of us aren't. You know, we just, in fact, we think the Tea Party's really weird. Really, really weird. And the, the Republican Party took it over anyways. There's nothing really libertarian about it. There kind of was at the beginning, but not anymore. It's all, you know, just, it's just general Republican, blah, 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 chicken heads, Dick Cheney, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that was kind of bad, but, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's it's the same thing as the Republican Party, kids. The exact same thing. There's nothing different about the Tea Party than the Republican Party, other than they have, like, more, you know, hardline Republican rhetoric. Otherwise, yeah. it's the exact same thing. It's like it's like for me, crying socialism is like a lot like crying wolf. They don't have any solutions. They just yell socialism. He's not an American citizen. Close the borders. 
Like, you guys don't have any solutions, and you guys are not, are not even... You call yourself constitutionalists, but uh, to me, that seems like the most anti-constitutional thing. You know, taking away due process rights for... Pe and citizen doesn't even appear in the Bill of Rights, so these guys are just nationalists, uh, bigots in disguise... Um, uh, regurgitating Republicans and calling it a rebellion against the Republican Party when it isn't. It's a it's a way to to keep uh, uh, you know any sort of rebellion in check and actually supporting the establishment uh, when they think they're they're rebelling against their own party and those evil Democrats. <laughs> so I'm glad I don't consider myself a Tea Partier. Um, yeah. Um, in international news, Torontonians call for Dick Cheney's arrest for war crimes during his visit. Hey, we could talk about Dick Cheney twice. All right. Yeah. Um, what else? Okay. Um, this is good news, but, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, it's anything really too surprising. When there's a government scandal, the government always has to make themselves look legitimate, right? They always have to say, like, oh, well, we're going to solve the problem that we created. And so this particular story is the NSA chief... Uh, Keith Alexander, who made his office look like the deck of the Enterprise, he talked about a complex, right? Uh, he's, they're saying that they're going to strip him of the authority over U.S. Cyber Command. So he's going to take the fall on that. They're going to say, oh, well, we're taking away your authority. See, he's the one who screwed everything up. He's gone now. So the government is good again. Wrong. 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 Um... Additionally, Congress asks Instagram to stop its users from selling guns. And I don't know how you could sell guns on Instagram, but... Yeah, you um. could show somebody a picture. Hey, this is my gun that I'm not selling to you with a fake phone number and some encrypted text messages. I wouldn't buy anything off of Instagram. And somebody spammed one of my photos with, like, uh, would you like to find out how to make da da da, -da amount of money on the Internet? No. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the internet. You're always going to get some weird message some at one point or the other. The internet, the entire sum of human knowledge and a whole bunch of other crap. That, that's my ad for the internet right there. Entire sum of human knowledge and other stuff. Bum, 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 the internet. All uh, right. <laughs> um, what was the... Uh, Keith Alexander. John Kerry. John Kerry. John Kerry. John Kerry. That guy. Uh... He, uh, he met, uh, he's the Secretary of State, by the way, in case you didn't know, John Kerry met with uh, the uh, King of Saudi Arabia uh, over the idea that the Saudis are very disappointed in, with U.S. inaction on Syria. They are very mad. This goes back to the uh, petrodollar that we uh, talked about last week a little bit, that, you know, whatever Saudi Arabia wants done, they asked the U.S. military to do it, you know, with the threat of, well, if you don't do this, we're going to get off of, we're going to kick you off the petrodollar thing. Dollar we're gonna, collapse. Yeah. That's pretty, yeah, exactly. They're threatening, yeah. uh, they're threatening dollar collapse if the U.S. government doesn't do what Saudi Arabia wants done. You know, because the whole, the oil is priced in U.S. dollars, and because of that, World Reserve Currency. Yeah, it, it's there's there's connected. We we could explain it all again, but that's going to be a whole another twenty minute thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's meeting with the uh, Saudi King, and we all know George Bush kissed them on the lips, one of them. Um, so the, they're they're probably trying to restart the whole Syria thing, or just a direct. Syria was a backdoor to Iran. Maybe they'll try directly at, at Iran. I think this whole peace talk is a ruse, not on Iran's side, on the U.S. side, because I don't think. The U.S. wants peace with Iran. They were that's bomb, bomb, bomb Iran. 
That's Obama's campaign promise. This is just, you know, a calm before the storm, a, 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 you know, a distraction. But, yeah. It was, it, was it open mouth? Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure there's a picture of it, but if I was really that interested to see what George Bush looks like when he's kissing. What? Do evangelicals support that kind of a... Probably not. Yeah, so he probably he probably went family style. You know, I, I mean, but this is not this is not new to politicians saying one thing and doing something completely yeah. different. I mean, there's a picture of uh, you know you can look that you can Google this one if you want to. There's a picture of Obama shaking hands with Gaddafi. I mean, yeah. come on, like this is you know right before he took him out for trying to get out of the dollar. But uh, that does it about for the headlines. We have the anti-media radio with Nick Burnaby. Guaranteed this time we're not going to end up playing Creed again and talking about nonsense and technology problems. So we want to take you away with two songs. This is Know Your Enemy by Rage Against the Machine and another one from the Metalocalypse musical. It's the guitar duel. It's pretty epic. Uh, so this is uh, Know Your Enemy by Rage Against the Machine and then the duel by Me uh, Death Clock here on KKSM AM 1320, the Radio Revolution at LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network, and the antimedia.org up next. Part of the Free Thought Media Network.
dreams, all of which are American dreams. You're listening to KKSM AM 1320 Oceanside, Radio.com. Radio on the Free Thought Media Network. Free Thought TV can be found at YouTube by clicking on the TV icon at freethoughtmedia.org. Free Thought Radio airs every Monday from 6 to 9 Pacific Standard Time on KKSM, The Radio Revolution, and on AM 1320 in North County, San Diego, and Cox Cable 957 in all of San Diego. And podcast on iTunes at Free Thought AAC and on LRN.FM. The Liberty Radio Network. The Free Thought Media team consists of students and citizen journalists, liberty activists, and occasional guest hosting by high-profile people from the alternative media world who seek to challenge the corporate and state-controlled mainstream media status quo. The third hour of the Free Thought Media Network presents a simulcast of the anti-media radio with host Nick Bernabe, also airing on UCY.TV, which also airs Wednesdays and Fridays exclusively at UCY.TV. Please go to theantimedia.org for more stories. Please visit us at facebook.com backslash freethoughtradio along with facebook.com backslash kksmradio and facebook.lrn.fm. 
and be sure to go to freethoughtmedia.org to donate Bitcoin. The Free Thought Media Network is supported by Amaji Metals through their affiliate program. The Amaji Metals banner at freethoughtmedia.org contains a link that gives a portion of sales to us. Amaji is a retailer of alternative currencies to hedge against and divest out of the collapsing U.S. dollar, printed out of thin air by the private Federal Reserve bankers who use inflation to pay for their wars. Amaji has gold, silver, copper, and even $50 trillion Zimbabwe notes. Amaji accepts traditional forms of payment as well as Bitcoin. Our specialized Amaji link can be found on the Amaji Metals banner at freethoughtmedia.org. The federal government would like to remind you that while some will tell you to think for yourself, this is not necessary as we have taken care of this for you. Simply pledge allegiance to those who keep you safe and avoid dangerous behavior, worst of which, questioning authority. How long do you want to live in blissful ignorance while each day the state assumes more power over you and your stuff? Do you remember signing off on that? Or do you accept it because it is what it is? I'm sure it feels real nice to tune out, hang out at the mall with your BFFs, and if you have a problem, just vote for the other power-hungry political party for your solutions. I don't have the luxury because one day I found something out. I own myself. And you know what useful thing is in there? My brain! The state can keep trying to tell you what to do from the barrel of a gun, but it's up to you you to decide who controls your thoughts. Free your mind from the status quo. It's the first step towards reclaiming your liberty. Ah, uh, well, you got us there. Listen to Cody O'Connor's Off There Live every Thursday and Saturday night at 10 Eastern. It's dangerous, hilarious, and live on LRN.FM. Free Talk Live. That's all libertarians are saying is let's stop the violence. And really, when you put it in those terms, it sounds kind of liberal. Let's stop the violence. Sure, right? it's, a, it's a movement about peace and personal responsibility. It could very easily sound like, uh, when you use the word peace, sounds liberal. You know? right. So if the first libertarian you ever meet or hear on the radio is just talking about making government smaller, I can totally understand why you would get confused and think that it's you know, just a bunch of ultra-right wingers. That's one of the reasons why I kind of shy away from labeling myself that way. Often we get terms like radical used towards us, mm-hmm. but... Uh, radical, really? Peace, personal responsibility, voluntary interaction between individuals? That's radical? I'll tell you what's radical. Radical's using a gun and a bunch of guys in, in armored suits with helmets to enforce your will on people. Free Talk Live, seven nights a week from 7 to 10 Eastern, live on the Liberty Radio Network at lrn.fm. What does freedom mean? Tune in to lrn.fm to find out. LRN.FM is the Liberty Radio Network, a collection of live talk radio and podcasts, all coming from a principled pro-liberty perspective. LRN.FM's show hosts aren't left, right, or conspiracy kooks. You can tune in 24-7 to LRN.FM via your phone, computer, satellite, and more. Listen free anytime at LRN.FM. That's LRN.FM. When they point the finger at you, brother man, this is what you gotta tell them. I'm not guilty. You're the one who's guilty. Lawmakers, the politicians, the Colombian drug lords, all you who lobby against making drugs legal, just like you did with alcohol during the prohibition. 
You're the one who's guilty. I mean, come on, let's kick the ballistics here. Ain't no Uzis made in Harlem. Not one of us in here owns a poppy feet. This thing is bigger than Immortal Technique. This is big business. This is the American way. Free Thought Radio. Independent music, independent talk, and independent minds. Freethoughtmedia.org. Hey, everybody, how's it going? We are waiting for the anti-media radio with Nick Burnaby. Uh, he's supposed to plug me in through Skype here. Um, waiting to get on it. Maybe there's a music break or something like that. Let me just plug in my phone. Let's see. Maybe he's on. Uh, doesn't know how to do the uh, add me to the Skype call. So first I have to turn off Wi-Fi because it doesn't work here. But yeah, if you could check out the antimedia.org, great uh, website uh, for all sorts of cool activism stuff. Yeah, all sorts of activism stuff. You know, March, March Against Monsanto is a big aggregator. So it's uh, they share a lot of memes, and it's a great way to get informed about things really quickly. Um, and, and, you know, I, I found out about it. Um, I forget how, but I found out about it a long time ago, and then uh, I eventually... Uh, uh, met Nick personally and really cool dude, really informative yeah, and everything later like on is where everyone, they're going to want you to snitch on your neighbor and they're, do you know any kids that, all right, are, I have him on, um, I guess he hasn't added me on Skype. Don't like the government. Well, maybe you need to call this hotline and let us know. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not I only mean, that, but they already yeah. have all the NSA, the NSA already has all their internet stuff anyway. So, right. I mean, this, it's like. People are going to wake up too. It's already too late. Let's be honest with that. This is more of a damage control situation for the masses. We're doing this show because we're hoping to reach people so that they can adjust accordingly. But I mean, the cat's already out of the bag, man. And I, I honestly don't think these guys care because there's just going to be two options. You're going to either toe the line and stay on the grid or get off it. Now, getting off the grid means getting off everything. I don't know if people understand that that's really what it's going to be. It's going to be like, can you grow your own food on your own land and get by without electricity, without what you make, and and cars and all this other stuff? That's what it's going to be. If you don't want to play ball, you're not going to be allowed on the field, period. So if people aren't going to wake up in time to see this and stop it, they need to adjust it. They need to adapt to it. And, and, and the U.S. is going to be the forefront. It's going to be the very beginning of everything changing. Yeah, man, and I... And, and... Like I've said before, I think it, it it all has to do with the economy and the dire straits that the economy is in. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. think we've ever seen a worse economy before. Um, I every every time I hear a mainstream news report, they're like, "Oh, the stock market is soaring again on news from the Fed." Yeah, the job the job uh, outlook looks like crap, but the Fed's printing money, so the stock well, because they're buying <laughs> they're buying a trillion a month in bonds. It, it, I mean, not a trillion, but it's something like a hundred billion. I think it was that was the last count. They said eighty-five, but it's like a hundred billion. I mean, that's a tri what one point two over trillion a trillion a year. a year. Yeah. I mean, what is our GDP? It's sixteen and a half, and our our deficit or whatever this this fake debt we owe is twenty trillion. So I think even two years ago we talked about how the U.S. is no longer really a country; it's now a corporation selling its assets. And what people need to realize is we are assets, like. This whole shift they're going to do is going to – it's going to basically take the curtains up and show you the man behind the curtains, whether or not you want to see it. 
it, it's just it's too big of a, a, a facade to carry on now, and it's unprofitable too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, people are losing faith in the whole system by the dozens, by the millions, really, actually. And um, people are starting to check out. You know, they're starting to look into off-grid stuff. I mean, we post stuff about off-grid all the time, and believe me, these articles take off because more and more people are trying to find out about this stuff. You know, and, and it's it's uh it's encouraging because uh, I think it's it, it comes from like our our subconscious. People just see it and feel it coming. And it, and it, if you look at like the gun sales, look at the numbers of guns being sold right now. And the right. number of ammo, and it's just off the charts. Is numbers that have never been seen before, you know. And and people know something bad is happening, and and they can feel the economy is bad because the majority of people in this country don't work for big, uh, big corporations or they don't work for uh, Wall Street. The majority of people in this country work at small businesses and mid-sized businesses, and these people are feeling the squeeze despite all the bogus news stories that tell us the economy is recovered and the economy is getting better. But every news story says the economy is getting better, and then they contradict themselves when they say, oh, yeah, Obama's numbers are, are, are kind of lagging because of a weak economy. It's like, dude, the, the news story you just posted uh, – the news story you just talked about 10 minutes ago said the economy was recovered, and we created 150,000 jobs this month. But um, yeah. no, the economy is in dire straits. Ask anybody that owns a small business. Ask them how they're doing. Ask people in real life, not the crap that you hear on TV because most of these numbers are just made up. Um, anybody that has a small business is going to tell you, yeah, times are tough right now, and we're not sure how long we're going to be able to make it. We don't know if we're going to make it throughout the, through the rest of the year. We don't know if we're going to be able to make it through next quarter or through I mean, next year. This is this is the the global communist wet dream. In a nutshell, starting here, which is big business trumps all. People have zero respect or trust for the government by design, and it becomes a corporatocracy where you're gonna you're gonna see uh, a government get shattered into a million pieces and become extremely weak, and you're gonna see Fortune 50 companies basically write the rules, and this is how it's gonna be. I mean, if people want to stop it, we needed to do it years ago. Like now, it's really you know. What can we do to to let people know what's going on so when it happens we don't get the the mass freak out? This is now what I'm worried about is that this mass violent freak out. We saw it here. Remember when the the power went out for six hours? Now imagine power, food, water, gas, all of that stuff's grid, all of that stuff gets cut, and that'll happen nationwide. That's how you bring a country to its knees. And and people, you know, they're prepared, they're not prepared. What are you going to do? Like have a year of food and and hope you can. You can hold out in your in your in your house with some guns. I mean, we gotta we we have to get together now. It can't be we wait and see what happens because it's gonna be bad. The worse the worse it gets, the longer we wait. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, hoarding up food and stuff like that and guns is is it it's kind of a smart plan, but uh, we gotta have much larger uh, contingency plans for when the government goes down or more more specifically when the grid goes down right and that kind of brings us right into our our next topic and and that's uh the power grid shutdown quote unquote drill that's happening on November 13th through 14th and that's kind of scary and this is this includes Mexico, Canada and the US and they're doing the largest ever uh drill about grid shutdown and what do we know about drills 
Well, yeah. there was a drill. Uh, how long ago? A couple months ago at at, at LAX that that uh, was a drill about the same exact situation that happened. Um, the shooting situation at LAX. There was a drill going on uh, at the time of the Boston bombing. There was a drill going on at the time of Sandy Hook. I mean, uh, when we when people hear the word government drill, that's start. It starts to become synonymous with false flag. It starts to become synonymous with. Okay, well, what the hell are they trying to pull? What are they going to do? What's going on? And um, I, I don't know. I mean, the the grid may may have run into some big time problems in this next month or couple months following this drill. Well, this is all prep for uh, the so-called comet Ison slash Nibiru slash whatever's coming out of the Earth is going to fry the grid because the grid was built in the 1880s and they didn't even know about. Um, hardening lines and, and EMPs and all of that other stuff. So, yeah, we can assume in February maybe a cosmic event's going to shut the grid down maybe a year, maybe two. This is what I'm saying is off-grid's not going to be a luxury or even even a, um, a, a fantasy of yours. It's going to be the way that you live because how are you going to go to a big city and get what you need when everybody else has nothing? You're going to have to just grow what you can grow and kind of try to get by. Exactly. And, um, you know, that's kind of one of the big reasons why we need to come up with um, solutions for water. Oh, yeah. Water and, food, water and food. If you don't and, have water yeah. solutions, then, um, you know, you can't really grow food without having water. So Yeah, uh, deep so wells. Deep wells are going to be at a premium even if nothing happens at all because of, uh, because of radiation. We all know that. So there's just a lot of things we got to – you got to – people that are listening now, people that are prepared, if you have the means to do so, start – making a homestead for yourself away from a big city if you can. Like the, all the stuff people have been saying for years, I think are, are they're starting to kind of come to hit ahead now. Yeah. And then, you know, the people that are the, the people that are in the city and they have no option of, of getting out, you know, now there's never been a better time to think about forming uh, community gardens, forming co-ops, supporting local agriculture, and finding out where the local water supplies come from and where you can get water. Look up ways to um, distill water and to, to clean water out. There's there's some really easy ways to um, distill water, which, you know, you could evaporate um, water using really simple stuff like a bowl, a plastic wrap, a rubber band, and a cup. I mean, there's a way there's ways of doing it, um, you know, and, and water is definitely a, a big deal that we should be uh looking at when the, when the uh, grid goes down yeah i mean it's just it's almost at this point like going to be a rush job for most people that aren't prepped i'm only minimally prepped and these are the things that you've got to think about in this next three month window they're prepping for something they're acting like there's going to be shutdowns in the grid and if you know anything about um electrical engineering you know that um, it takes years, if not decades, to rebuild this stuff if it fries out. So you got to just be ready for that. They are, so you need to be as much as you can. Um, do you know anything about um, how the um, nuclear reactors will be affected, like in a, in a grid shutdown or in, in, in the event of like a, a solar flare that knocks out the grid? Right. What, what, yeah, what would happen with power plants? It's a doomsday scenario where you need to leave probably the northern hemisphere. Um, the southern hemisphere really doesn't have a lot of nuclear power plants. 
mostly because those are third world countries, but also because a lot of the times the governments just don't even want them. And it's just going to be the biggest mass migration you've ever seen. I mean, that's the only thing I could think because uh, we have, what, 200 and something. And what happens off grid, they go into a backup. The backup's diesel fuel. That's cool, right? They maybe have two, three days. But now when the whole grid's down, that means our entire way of life and our systems are down. And the only way to keep these cooling systems running with diesel is to have, what, convoys of armed armed convoys going to each nuclear power plant with diesel, like just to prevent meltdowns? It's not going to happen. It's just going to be – this is why all the elites are, are swooping up South American land like no other because it's it's going to be a flight, dude. Yeah, and, and I hate to say it, but how how else can you stop 200-something-plus plants? You can't. It's it's just logistically it's impossible. And you definitely need electricity in order to pump the fuel. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you name it. <laughs> so if there's some kind of astrological I mean, event and it knocks out the electricity um, for a huge part of the country or maybe for the whole country um, or the world, you know, or the world you know, the, a big question is, okay, well, they have these backup generators and stuff. How are they going to pump the fuel if they don't have electricity? Are they going to do it by hand? Yeah, are they going to do it manually? Are they going to hook up horses to these things and run horses in circles and pump this fuel out? I don't think they're ready for that. They're just not – they're not going to do it, man. They just can't. It, it's impossible to do. You know, when, when the grid was created in the 1880s, the power grid, and then when nukes started coming online after World War II – they didn't know about this stuff. They really had no clue about, or, or even if they did, maybe they just avoided discussing how to prepare for it. But there's just no, how can you prepare for this? It's no, there's no way. Well, you know, <laughs> if Tesla were, were, were still around, he probably would have figured it out. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, you know, we don't, yeah. <laughs> a, guy, a guy like that only comes around like every thousand years. So they, they, they did their best actually to, to dehumanize the guy and, and, uh, make him look like some kind of madman when he he probably had most of the answers. I mean, he was working on wireless electricity before wire, before the grid was even in place. Before they had uh, the electrical grid based on wiring, based on uh, right. you know telephone poles and stuff. This guy was already working on wireless stuff, you know. And then as soon as of course, he died, well, I mean, if you read history, you think maybe the ancient Egyptians all had electricity that was wireless. I mean, that's the pyramids are built for and what obelisks are for they're for they're for creating controlling and creating a, a you know an invisible power grid so that anything that that can pull that power can be powered anywhere remotely and it's uh you know it was it was sustainable it was free it was using basically the, the earth's geomagnetic forces to power that but of course you know when you look at a grid just think of control that's all it is the energy is already in the air it's just they're putting it through a wire so you can pay for it yeah, and um, you know, since we're on the topic of the grid, I mean, we we might as well jump right into Fukushima. And uh, you know, Fukushima has not improved one bit. In fact, uh, it's, you can argue that the situation in Fukushima has only gotten worse because the stuff is melting down. It's sticking down into the ground because it's melting the ground the ground underneath these reactors. Yeah. There's 300 tons at least of radioactive water dumping into the ocean every day and that's only what they admit to so it's probably actually a lot higher than that because everything coming out of Fukushima is government approved which means they're trying to downplay uh, everything that's happening 
But I, I, I saw a video today, and, and there's a lady talking about it, and she's like, dude, like, this thing is thousands of times larger than what we saw in Chernobyl. You know, it's much, much larger of a problem, and it's already polluting the ocean. Chances are the whole entire Pacific is going to be polluted by the time they're done, um, by the time they actually figure this whole thing out. We just saw another decent-sized earthquake over there, a seven-something seven happened uh, a couple weeks ago. I believe it was on the 25th. So, you know, we got these fish washing up over here in in off the coast of California, which means that there could be a big uh, earthquake coming here as well. So, you know, this is this is another thing that we have to look at. We have everyone in in on the Western Seaboard, especially anybody in Asia, anybody um, anywhere where this radio radioactivity is starting to spike. We got to look at ways to help cope with all this radioactivity. One way is to take iodine, eat foods that have iodine in them. Um, but you know, a huge question is why isn't the international community stepping up to the plate with this Fukushima thing? Why are we just letting it go? Why are we letting Japan basically deal with it on their own? I, I saw them calling for help the other day. But why are we sitting here trying to start a war with with Syria? when um, Fukushima is already poisoning millions and millions of people, you know? Yeah, I mean, I can only assume that to the people that make the decisions that Fukushima is uh, working as planned. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. Now, I know the price tag is huge. I think somebody's article said $2 maybe something around there, which is a shit ton of money, and... It's a lot of money, even if all the countries in the world pull all their resources together. But what's the alternative? The the Pacific Ocean's death, which of course will spew into every body of water that's not you know inland, and even inland you're going to get rain that's toxic. I mean, it it just seems like it's a northern hemisphere killer. If anything goes wrong on the 10th, which is when the fuel rods are going to be oh so carefully removed. And I don't think they're going to tell anybody at all. I think if anything goes wrong, you're going to only hear it through alternative press. But um, it's probably safe to say that it would be uh, time to go way south of the border for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be uh, we'll be Mexico's problem instead of them being ours. That won't even be enough. You got see, I've researched it, and it's all about the jet streams. That's the problem. When the northern hemisphere has their own. They don't really intersect with the southern. It's a Coriolis effect and all that good stuff. And and maybe that's even a reason why there's no nuclear power plants in the southern hemisphere because the people up north don't want to poison plan B. But, I mean, this is what it's just looking like. It's looking like that, that this collapse with Fukushima environmentally, the collapse of the U.S. economically. This is going to be the perfect shitstorm that people never see coming unless they're um, listening or they're alternative news junkie like we are and could kind of get a heads up. But then you're going to be worrying about all these millions and millions and millions of people that have no idea what's going on. Now, I guess the cool thing about this whole this whole thing, and I kind of want to just interject some humor into this, is that yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we have Obamacare – um, which you know, no one has to worry because when everyone gets cancer and all that stuff, we're all going to have chemotherapy to fall back on because we're all going to have Obamacare, you know. So uh, we could all yeah, we can yeah. all we'll go to chemotherapy good. together, and we could all get it for free. And, yeah. I mean, even though it's taken out of our own tax money, it's it's still for free, you know. 
So, so uh, <laughs> it's actually insurance. So that's what's the funny thing about it. This is not tax money whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got Obamacare. So we all, when we all catch cancer and all that, we'll be all right. Yeah. Um, That'll be true. But but no, Obamacare is a total failure. Uh, they had a chance to roll it out correctly, and, and let, let's be honest. They should have got half the people signed up that first week, okay? How many people did they end up getting signed up that first week? About 1% only because there were so many problems with the website. Um, what is the website? The website is built by crony people that are friends of the administration wasn't built by legitimate company. It was built by the same company that is like managing finances for the FEMA relief for uh, Hurricane Sandy, which makes like no sense. And um, I, I, I think Obamacare has failed. It's not going to recruit enough people to keep it afloat. It needs all the young people to sign up. And it just doesn't look like it's going to happen because there's just so many people that are discouraged from using it now. Well, it's easy to see what they did um, when you go into the heart of it. And let me tell you what it is. It's really simple. Obamacare is, we can say, the NWO. And, and let me tell you why. It's going to take every shred of anything you ever thought was a pertinent piece of information of yours, centralize it, connect it to your financials, connect it to your assets, and now you are completely 100% under their control. And just imagine when that RFID chip becomes mandatory. I mean, this control grid, it, it goes so far beyond what people think, and they just have no clue yet. Um, a good example of that would be if a guy owns a home and works for a business, and he's a paycheck-to-paycheck -paycheck guy. Maybe he has a few thousand in savings, but his mortgage is huge. He's on Obamacare. He has a uh, you know, a private business maybe has 10 employees. They're on all on Obamacare and the economy goes to shit like it will. And the guy makes, I don't know, rubber boots and nobody needs those anymore. And he loses his job and he has no more income. Well, guess what? If he can't pay his health insurance, that property he owns will put, have a federal lien placed on it. And then so will his car. So then what will happen? Well, they'll take all of his shit, whatever it is, doesn't matter what he owes because it's federal and it trumps anything. And the guy will lose everything for what? Because of Obamacare. It's just uh, people don't understand that yet. It, it's going to take every facet of you and put it into a system. And you're now, if you were before, you're definitely now just a human resource. Exactly, man, and and it's that's what's so scary about it is because it ties all your information together. All this, all these, um, I don't know if you heard about these fuse centers where they they what they do is they connect information between different types of government, um, different different branches of of government bureaucracies like the IRS and the NSA and the CIA. These big fusion centers, I think they're called, and um, that's basically what Obamacare is. It takes your information from your taxes, takes the information from your income, takes the information from your uh, employer, information from your your living situation, your marital situation, all that stuff, ties it all together, and um, then they give you a bill or they give you a cost or they give you a – Or a uh, fine. Or a fine if you decide not to do it. You know. So what's going to happen with people that have no income – or not enough income to pay for their medical insurance, even the very cheapest. Because 
I've looked on there and like the cheapest stuff you can get, it's still pretty bad. Now, if you're like a really, really, really poor guy on food stamps and you're still working, but you need government assistance, don't worry. Your healthcare will be subsidized. You're going to get the shittiest possible healthcare and it'll be subsidized by everyone else working. But what happens if you're not at the bottom rung of society or you're not, in the, uh, you know, sitting on a board of directors at a Fortune 500 company and you're just one of the people in between those two? It shafts you so hard. Like, it, it, I, can't even, it, I can't even get started on it. I can't even believe people fell for this and let this go through. Now that they see what's going on, why are we not um, storming federal offices and, and demanding that it's just scrapped altogether until they come up with a single-payer option? It's just it's ridiculous to me. Well, I mean, a lot of it has to do with uh, the fluoride in the water. Um, yeah. uh, another big part of it is the media, and the media is is completely uh, in bed with the government so deeply that um, that they uh, would like nothing more just, to, just rather than just promote this thing. And I just saw an article right now, right before the show started, that the 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 you know the TV shows, the actual shows on TV, not the news, but the shows are going to start. Um, Tying Obamacare into like their plot lines and stuff, you know, so they're they're sewing it into the pop culture more or less. Obama's trying to recruit guys like Jay Z and and you know other celebrities to sell this stuff to the public, and um, you know they're supposedly going to have it done by the by November thirty by the end of the month, and they're going to have it uh, rebuilt where it's actually going to work this time. But I think it's too late. And just think of all the money that they're spending on Obamacare. And, and like you were saying, all these people are going to be subsidized. Think of all that money that's going to be spent on that. And they could have done so much more with, with – if, if they were actually concerned with our health, they would deal with preventative health, which would mean getting people better food to eat and at the same time fixing the economy. And what they should have done is spent all those billions and billions of dollars building – community gardens and giving them to the poor people to own so that they can eat good food so that they're not going to end up in the hospital. And instead, uh, just like how the system is run today, they don't worry about, you know, oh, how do we prevent this, this, these people from getting sick or prevent these people from getting cancer? All they worry about is getting these people the pills once they're sick and getting them the medicines that they're making billions and billions of dollars off. And, and uh, you know, the people that wrote Obamacare are basically – most of them were basically lobbyists from big pharmaceutical companies and from the from the insurance companies. And it's hilarious that Obamacare is sold – they sold it as like, oh, yeah, we're going to give the shaft to the insurance companies this time with this Obamacare stuff. <laughs> Dude, the, the legislation was written by the people that own the insurance companies. Right, so right. Um, it's kind of funny that they, they tried to say that it was going to, you know uh, – Stick the insurance companies since nobody likes the insurance companies. But uh, the truth is, is that it was written by their lobbyists and by by their think tanks and all that stuff. And um, I, you know, people are finally starting to see through it now, especially with this uh, with the failure of the website launch and all that stuff. People are finally starting to see through it. Yeah, I mean, mine went up significantly, so I didn't sign up. I mean, I, I don't know. What that means, not owning property uh, in this country, I don't know what that means for me, but I mean, it, it's so intrusive that you're not you're not a person anymore. I mean, once you sign up for this, you're not you're really in their eyes, you're already a meat a meat puppet. 
So this just this confirms that you're not only a meat puppet, but maybe you're uh, so much of a sheeple we can't do anything with you. I, I don't know what to say, man. I've never seen something like this happen before, and I've, you know, I'm a student of history, and there's never been something this grandiose try to be pulled off in such a short amount of time. And I don't know if the fluoride dose may be just off the chains. I don't know how this is being pulled off. I just don't. I don't get it. <laughs> Hey, I just want to remind you guys that we do have um, open lines tonight. So if anybody wants to call in and talk about anything that we're talking about right now, the number is uh, 718-717-8296. Once again, it's 718-717-8296. So if anybody wants to call in and talk with uh, talk with us about the stuff that we're talking about right now, um, feel free. Um I kind of wanted to get back into the uh, one thing I wanted to mention before we go on. The Million Man, the Million Mask March is tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning, which is basically the anonymous uh, uh, hacking collective. Um, they're having a march tomorrow. I'm going to the one in San Diego down here. Uh, unfortunately, it's at eight in the morning, <laughs> which is pretty early for me, but um, I'll still be there. But uh, I encourage you guys to go check that out and get out there and put your masks on and do your thing and, I don't know, garner up some media attention. It's pretty cool. Uh, yesterday, last night, or was it two nights ago, um, Anonymous from the Philippines, they hacked 30-plus uh, government websites, and they posted up their uh, video calling for people to get out in the streets and, um, you know, talking about how crappy the government is because, you know, this is the simple fact. Whether you're in the United States or in Mexico or in the Philippines or in England or in Western Europe or in Dubai or Saudi Arabia, no matter where you're at, Government is bad. Government is messing up. They're doing bad things, and they're basically um, a miniature mirror of what's going on here in, in in the United States. You know, there's the crony capitalism effect, the growing government, the police state. They're all spying on their citizens. Drug war all across the world. It's not just here. It's everywhere. You, there's really no escaping it. That's why we got to. You know, it, it's important to. Um, try to solve problems for the whole world not just for here because you know if we lose it here um we could lose it everywhere else we got a we got a we got a call coming in hold on one second all right hey how's it going you're on the anti-media radio what's your name uh alex uh well, i was wondering if you could uh tell nick for me to add this from free thought radio i have family cast's program can you tell him to add me to the call on skype I'm running through my phone. It's almost dead. Uh, he has to. Like, I know I was on another UCY show, and he plugs himself in through Skype, and just you could just add another person to the to the, uh, the conference call or whatever. Um, but yeah, I it. yeah, you're on right now. You want to be on, or you want to mute up? Uh, on Skype. Just uh, or am I on right now? Yeah, you're on the show. What's going on, Alex? <laughs> right, right on. Um, I guess uh, just. Just add me to the call on Skype so I can keep running the show. It's good stuff. And, uh, yeah, um, um, I, I, we need to get the word out about uh, Off the Grid and everything like that. Um, actually, a really cool guy, um, Ernest Hancock from Freedom's Phoenix, 
talked about uh, his kind of nickel iron uh, nanocarbon batteries that were made illegal or were, the patent was bought up and then they shut down all the factories that were making it. Um, I guess that's my two, my two cents. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys get back to it and uh, hit me up on Skype and uh, yeah, uh, we got we got to run though, which is good this week. <laughs> yeah, awesome, yeah, man. Yeah. Right on, guys. We'll see you on the other side. All right, All right, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I guess what he was talking about was, uh, of course, there's a whole slew of new battery patents coming out because with the new way that solar is becoming so efficient exponentially, uh, gas and oil are kind of dead. I mean, as long as you can get this tech into the right hands, and that's that's the whole fight, right? It's getting it into the people's hands. It's you know it's all about going open source with it and and not trying to protect all your patents and all that stuff and you know that's one of the big problems is that when people come up with this new technology they get thrown money in their face and they're like okay well um, you know like the guy that invented that car that ran on water it's like okay well right. let's go meet up with these guys from the government and let's talk about them getting my patents and then when I say no then guess what I get disappeared or I get suicided or I just yep you know, drink a poison drink and then fall off the map. Um, so, so that's what's been happening. And it's kind of, it kind of goes right back to that whole Tesla thing. And, and, you know, when Tesla died, the government went in and they just took up all of his information. They took all of his research and then they privatized it. Well, they didn't really, well, the government took control of it and then they quote unquote privatized it, which means that it went into the hands of the government shell companies like, De like a uh, pack bell or, or uh, the bell companies, all these, all these shady companies that come back from the Edison times and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, the government contracting companies, the guys that make all the weaponry and all that stuff. So they got control of all the research, all the patents. And then they just slowly but surely release this information out while sapping all the profit out of it and, and sapping all the creativity out of it. And, I mean, look, Tesla was working on this uh, wireless stuff back 100 years ago. And when did they start coming out with wireless charging of, of like you know that now you can finally start to charge your phone wirelessly with these little pad things? I mean that was right. only like two or three years ago. So they waited a hundred years to put out the technology. You know, meanwhile they sapped all the, slowed down all the uh, progress, slowed down all the technology in order to maximize their profits from all this wired technology and all that stuff. So so just like the battery he was talking about, I mean this guy comes up with a super efficient battery. And what do they do? They buy the patent, shut down all the all the production of it. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, it's sad to say it because it's probably a contradictory to your own self interest. But for these engineers, these scientists, and stuff like that, coming up with these groundbreaking discoveries, I would hate to do it if I was them. But for the good of humanity, it probably just needs to get leaked out on the internet, open source, and torn whatever they need to do with it because. It'll never see the light of day. It'll never see the light of day if you don't just throw it out there. That's a lot of people's life's work and, and other things like that, and the profits, the money's just too much for them. But at some point, it's it's going to have to be that way, or, or we're going to be obsolete as a, as a species. The only thing really keeping us alive right now is our technology. I mean, the, the natural world probably can't hold as many people as we have undergoing the climate change as we are, and we need to continue to keep allowing this stuff to come out and, and letting these kids at home on computers mess around with this stuff. And this is how we're going to advance. I mean, I can't see another way we're going to survive the next hundred years if we don't do something similar to that. 
Oh, yeah, we need technology. I mean, they, they predicted that the carrying capacity of the Earth was like 6 million, and that was like, that was like I mean, sorry, 6 billion. 6 billion, yeah. And that was like 2 billion ago, you know what I mean? So we need the right. tech. Um, we need it more directly, like you were saying. We need to have this more open source technology, um, more like this 3D printing type stuff, you know, where it, where it can't really be shut down because that's what they do. Anyone that has really good ideas – that threatens the establishment. First, they try to co-opt you. They try to buy you out, and then if that doesn't work, then they shut you down one way or another. You know, so yep. we need to get this information out in a way that where it can be saved and 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 like printed out or put onto people's computer that's not online, where they can't just shut down the internet or take down a website and get rid of all this technology. You know, we need stuff that's downloadable that we could print out, PDF files, things like that. Um, that can't be controlled by the, these corporate interests, and the corporate interest is all part of the, the government control grid. The, the, the corporations are all in bed with the government. The government are all in bed with the corporations. It's basically like one entity now, especially with this TPP stuff. They're trying to form it all, merge it all into one thing. I think somebody put it best. The TPP is a perpetual worldwide circle jerk because that's all it is. It's just corporations and governments are all around the Pacific Rim. Stroking each other off, spooging on you. I hate to use that analogy, but that's really what it is. It's just going to be that simple where they're going to make everything in the world the Chinese business model, where you're just going to have these high-mind high, high people going to work, coming home, watching Seinfeld. That's going to be the way it is. The robots go do their, their jobs, and us elites are going to move forward and become transhuman and leave all you, you dorks in the dust. This is This is – the plan, this is the plan, and it's it's so obvious if you just know to look for it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, the uh, the ruling elite have, have had a solidified control over this uh, – the whole world basically for the last couple hundred years. They haven't really had a big uh, threat come to them. Um, but if you think about it, now is the time where, where something like this can really surge up. Now that we have the internet, now that we have open source ideas and and ways to communicate uh, much quicker than our ancestors had, and that even our our you know the people in the 60s and 70s that were out there trying to make changes, I mean, how how would you communicate back in the 60s and 70s? You either had to send a letter, wait for the mail, or you try to call somebody at home and hope that they're actually there. You know, right now it's right. much different. We have all the communication, we have all the tools that are ha- in our hands, literally. Um, to get to get a, a lot more things done, it's just a matter of, you know, we need to find the platform and the ideas that we could run with, that will unglue all these all these fallacies of people that think that they have to be um, fighting with one another and fighting against each other rather than going against the establishment. And I think, you know, I think that's one of the biggest overall themes that I've noticed in the social networking world and, and in the activism world and all that stuff. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why the March Against Monsanto was so successful is because, I mean, if you look at the people that oppose genetically uh, labeling genetically modified foods, I mean, it's it's like a very, very small percentage of the population. It's like less than 20% actually oppose it. You know, right. and, and since we were able to make the March Against Monsanto push on, on a nonpartisan basis – um, we were able to unglue a lot of these fallacies that people were saying, oh, well, 
well, no, that person is is a is a liberal, so I can't be you know hanging out with them at a protest, or that person's a conservative, or that person's a a progressive, or that person's a libertarian, or that person's an environmentalist. I can't hang out with them. We were able to undo all that stuff with the March Against Monsanto, and that's why it was so big. That's also why the mainstream media decided to um, ignore it because you know if there was like a Tea Party rally and like ten people showed up. Guess what? All the news cameras are going to be there, and they're going to talk about the Tea Party and how racist they are or how awesome they are if it's on Fox News, depending on which organization is pushing it. Um, but they, they always push it the same exact way. If you look at Fox News, they control about half of the, the TV audience, and then all the other uh, organizations control the other half. And just so happens, by coincidence, they, uh, supposedly, that Fox News is quote-unquote conservative, and the rest of them are all pushing the Democratic Party line. But in reality, it's just part of this whole control, uh, you know, this whole control idea of pitting people against each other, so that they fight against each other rather than fighting against the real problem. And I think um, you, you can look at it at, at even the, on a micro scale. If you look at it in schools, if you look at it in in a middle school, for example, middle schools are are. All the kids are in little tiny cliques. They're in little tiny groups, and they all talk crap about each other, and they all dislike each other. And then you look at it in the prisons. The prisons are all split up by race. They're all split up, split up by gang. Then you look at it in the political parties. It's all split up by the Democrat and the Republican. Um, so it, it's it's a it's a it's a pattern that we could see in any bureaucracy that holds control over the population. Part of subjugating your population is by making them fight each other rather than having them fight you because you don't want – if you're trying to control somebody, obviously you don't want them fighting against you. So you make a boogeyman within their own population and have them fight each other, You know, and that's we're, – we're all falling for it. A lot of the activists I know are still falling for this crap. Um, most of the people in the general population are falling for it, but I think that's our key to success is, is ungluing these these – falsely held beliefs that we all need to fight against each other and that we all need to, you know it's kind of like that idea of 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 these uh uh Jehovah's witnesses coming to your door and trying to convert you over to their religion okay that's kind of what people are doing with with this activism with a lot of this activism with a lot of this political parties and all that stuff and and you know you got the anarcho capitalists on one side trying to convert you over to their ideas you got the libertarians you got the progressives you got the conservatives, you got the Tea Party, you got the Democrats. Everybody wants to convert you to their religion. Um, it may may or may not be a religion, but let's let's just run with this idea. You know, everybody wants to tell you, no, your ideas aren't aren't that good. You should be following my ideas, and that's that's where we run into this huge problem because we all have a common enemy. And it goes back to that saying, the 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 enemy of your enemy is your friend, and that's that's. That's what we should be focusing on is finding common ground with people and um, finding ways to work together with people that we may not agree with 100% politically or economically, but we can all agree that the establishment needs to go, you know, and yeah, that's what we need to work. And I think that's it's part of the whole slippery slope and the trap with activism is that people get into it thinking they're going to change the world, and that's all good, and that makes you start. But let me let me just reality check people out there. The, the government of any country is – there's more people and they're more organized than you are unless everybody groups up. It would never work if not everybody was into it. 
it, it has to be a mass consciousness shift or nothing because if even 5% of the U.S., which is a lot of people, decided they were sick of it and didn't want things to go the way they were and decided to protest in March, it's not enough. It's not enough for 15 million people to do it against our this power that we're that is you know obviously trying to subjugate all people on this planet. So it has to be uh, a consensus of what we all want to happen as the human race, as people that are, uh, I would say, we're the Illuminati, the new Illuminated people. We don't have a position of power, but we know what's up. We need to make our own position of power, or there's no point. There's just no point if we're not all together, unified, one agenda at a time. This is why March Against Monsanto is a perfect spearhead to everything else. Everybody eats. Do you want your kids poisoned? Cool. If you do, don't do anything. Send them to school. Let them eat GMO food and they can't bring their brown bag lunch to school anymore because God forbid your kid doesn't have diabetes and he's healthy. And this is the way it's going to happen. It, it has to start there. Once you get food, we'll go to water. Uh, we're going to unfluoridate everything. Then we can fight. Uh, we can go to chemtrails because this boron, this aluminum up in the air, it's, it's killing people too. We have to start on universal things, and then we'll go. We'll keep unwrapping layer after layer after layer of all the things wrong, all the things that are going wrong in our country. After we get through our food, water, and air, then we get to healthcare and this debacle that it's become. But this is the way we have to do it. Otherwise, nothing gets done because you can't fight a force so great if you're not a great force yourself. No, and, and you know, a big part of it uh, about why America itself is so apathetic, really, uh, I think it really does have to do a lot with the fluoride because if you look at countries like in Europe and if you look at these protests that go on in Spain and Portugal, I mean they got 50,000 people showing up, 100,000 people showing up, 200,000 people showing up um, in Madrid, Spain um, to go to a protest to support um, workers' rights and things like this. Right. Um, not even huge broad movements. I mean they're, they're niche movements and they got 100,000 people showing up at these events. Um and but sure enough, look at Europe and look at their fluoride policy, and they most of Europe doesn't have fluoride in their water anymore. Even and Israel I, took it out. Yeah, Israel <laughs> took the fluoride out of their water even. And um, if you look at us, we're the behemoth, we're the elephant in the room, we're the largest military in the world by by far. Um, we're spy tapping every single person in the in, in the world is basically a uh, is basically a they don't even know it, but they're actually spies for the NSA because they're. We're trapping all their information, um, but our populace is subjugated. They're apathetic. They're inundated with fluoride, medical. Um, they're inundated with meds. They're inundated with antidepressants, opiates, things like that. It's about to get a lot worse if, if Obamacare actually does succeed. Then we're going to have even more people on meds. I mean, yeah, and they're inundated with the government teat more than anything because. Almost anybody, even if you're wealthy, is is on that teat in some way or another. The welfare is getting passed out to just about anybody but the middle class working person, and that's that's the bulk of the earners. Those are the people that pay for everything. The rich don't pay for anything. It's the middle class. They're getting squeezed out of existence on purpose. Soon it'll all be all poor and a few rich, and that's what the TTP solidifies, and this is the whole grand game. It's the world communism, one world government game. It starts here, it ends here, it either begins or it doesn't, and, and you're either on the front line or you're sitting back and you're waiting to be uh, carted onto a, a, a train a train cart. I mean, that's really what it seems like it's it's coming to. 
yeah, man, it, it can go really bad or it can go really good, you know, in my opinion. Um, so now we got we got Syria kind of being forgotten about, and there's still a ton of bloodshed going on in Syria. You got a proxy war going on, a Cold War, basically that's still happening. You got Russia funding the government of of Assad, and um, Western powers are funding the uh, rebels. Israel just bombed Syria last Wednesday. No one really talked about it. Fox News didn't say anything about it, but they did uh, happen to come on and talk about how bad Iran is and how all their negotiating that they're trying to do right now is all bogus and that they're just lying and that they're just trying to delay time to make the nuclear bomb to wipe Israel off the map and establish a worldwide Muslim caliphate that's going to enslave every man, woman, and child in the whole Please, world. They don't have the pull to do that, which is why it's <laughs> silly. This is This is the truth of it. Uh, Syria's lost to the West. They lost. Um, Russia flexed, um, and they decided not to test Russia. Um, if you know anything about uh, military maneuvers, there's basically three fleets in the Mediterranean right now. One's ours, one's China, one's Russia, and we're not willing to test either of them. So we kept backing these rebels, and these rebels are getting their asses handed to them. I'm sorry, they're killing civilians like you've never seen it before and they're getting whooped up as a result of it the syrian army's gonna win uh the european union just uh authorized a two billion dollar payment to syria from qatar to normalize relations it's over iran's safe the shield held just like israel's our shield syria is iran and russia's shield and the proxy war is is over uh there's a clear winner and the world's going to stay split in two geopolitically for the foreseeable future. At least that's what I'm seeing. You don't pay somebody $2 million if you're going to still be fighting them, right? And Qatar and Saudi Arabia are all part of that whole crescent spot that wanted them out of there, and they lost. Yep, and and it's it's it, it, it's just that, that same idea we were talking about, about that divide and conquer. And this is when it's on the grand scale, the large scale. It's the whole world divide and conquer. It's east versus west. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, east versus west goes back to hip-hop, and they did it in hip-hop as well because they wanted to divide all the angry youth, and they didn't want them all ganging up and believing in one thing. So they went and they, they said, okay, well, now it's Tupac versus Biggie, and now it's East versus West, and then we're going to take, we're gonna take the, the gangs and we're going to split them, Crip versus Blood, and neutralize them so they fight each other instead of fighting against the police. You know, it's that same idea, really, on the, just on the really large scale. Can we divide the whole world population one against the other? And that's exactly what they're doing, and they're accomplishing it. You know, and I, I, honestly, I don't, think it, 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 I don't think it was so much about um, about Syria and about the U.S. and Russia as it was just to solidify this East versus West idea and that we, we just can't get along. Now, um, when you were out of town, I went I went and I, I got to see Malalai Joya speak over at um, City College, and she is, she's an Afghani. Um, basically, uh, she was a former Afghani uh, congresswoman, more or less. And, you know, what she said really hit home. You know, and she was saying, look, the, the Afghani people, including myself, we like Americans. We love Americans. Just like we know that most Americans think that the Afghani people are legit. But it's your government that is causing all these problems in the world. You know, And it's kind of like that same thing that was happening between Iran and Israel. The, the Israeli people are completely 100% cool with the Iranian people. 
and the Iranian people love the Israeli people, but their governments are what are causing all the problems. Um, so that's where we're running into all the problems is with the governments. I hope you guys uh, join us. The, the Million Man March, the Million Mask March is tomorrow, and the March against the mainstream media on November 16th. Don't forget. Thanks for tuning in. Yes. All right, and that was the Anti-Media Radio finally for the first week here on the Free Thought Media Network as the third hour. Um, be sure to tune in again next week. And my guest for next week's show is, like he just mentioned, Malalai Joya. I got to interview her at UCSD. Great sit-down interview. Um, and I saw her earlier before that at uh, the Palestinian Activist Center. Um, she gave, gave a great speech. So be sure to tune in next week freethoughtmedia.org and again next week you know you don't have a time top 200 most influential women on your show that often so uh, it's definitely going to be a treat to have her on so uh, my name's Alex Fiddle I'm the journalist of for the Freethought Media Network I want to thank again Mike Passer for hosting the show uh, and everything like that uh, freethoughtmedia.org tune in next week Monday 6 to 9 p.m. right here on KKSM the Radio Revolution, and listen to the podcast on LRN.FM and iTunes at Freethought, AAC, KKSM, After Hours is up right now.